right, here we are. We're live. Hey, everybody. This is the Fake Nerd Podcast, Quarantine Cast. And Sparks, you were supposed to intro this one, so I'm lost. Oh, no. Oh, I am? Quick, think of it real fast. No edits. Go. Bam. I, I wasn't ready. Do it now. I go. I didn't even know we... Uh, welcome. Do it. I don't Kill. know the number. It's 184. 184? It's 225. We, it's our... 15th week in the dome. I don't know what days are. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we're chilling. Like villains. It's all good. Oh, yeah. This is welcome. 185. This yeah. is a mess. Um, yeah. Welcome to Fake Nerd Podcast. I wish Brandon had given me a heads up, so I guess I'm here with him as well. Uh, I'm also with Ben Magnet oh, and Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm Sparks Witty. Welcome to Fake Nerd Podcast. Hi, guys. Sorry, I have to deal with a dog trying to hump a cat. <laughs> don't oh, do that. Jesus. You are getting crazy. Don't do that. All oh, right, that cool. Got, that got pornographic. That got. Mm. It is the weekend. It's the Lord's Day. Make more uh, mutants. That's true. <laughs> um. All right. How How are you guys doing? This is our second, basically our second week, safe for second second full week. Second week in quarantine or under the dome, as Sparks said. We're... Oh, Stephen King. You all know all about it, right? It's our It's our second episode of the Corona Saga. <sighs> then you brought it up. I didn't realize it. I shouldn't have said it. Mm, I hate everything now. It's just a Freudian slip. Stephen's always on the mind. It's true. Then it's okay to be a stand for the stand. That's pretty good. This has been the 185th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. See you later, guys. Is that the actual number? It's 185? 185, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Awesome. Um, What'd you do this week, Ben? Ben, why don't you go first? Yeah, actually, I did quite a bit this week. And this time, Brandon, I actually wrote it down. Me too. Yeah, see, look, stuff I did this week. Ben, just put that out. One of us left who still goes to work. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I have one of people. I have one of those few people who still has to go to work. Ben, but you know what that means? That means you're essential. We're not. So I've heard. So I've I'm heard. I are you, we're useless. You're essential. And all three <laughs> of you mean so much to me. You are not useless. Oh, thanks, bud. Yeah. So oh, go uh, yourself. Nah, f you. Because uh, guess what, Brandon? I finished Castlevania. All of it. Yeah. All of Castlevania is done. Last week, when we were done with uh, our episode, I binge watched all of season two. Ben and I watched all of season three together. Castlevania is effing dope. That is just rad as hell. I freaking love it. And ooh, I have. Mm, I want to say things, but I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But it, it's good. It's it's good. Bill Nagy's character is awesome. Bill Nye's character is effing great. He is. What's his name? Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Uh, Saint Germain yeah. yeah, not Saint Germain like I thought it was, but Saint Germain. But that's it, freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I played the Trials of Mana demo. That's for free on the Nintendo Switch right now because the HD remake is coming out later this year, or actually later in April. And I actually really dig it. And one cool thing about the Trials of Mana demo that I like more than a Final Fantasy VII remake demo is that, a, I mean, A, it's longer. You get a good chunk of the story done. But also, if you make multiple save files on the demo, and when you get the physical or digital version, you can transfer those save files to the main game so you can pick up exactly where you left off. So you That's don't great. have Because I think the demo, you could put... Because you only can, there's a level cap in the demo, which is level 7. And my characters were up to level 5 or 5 or 6 when I, when I like, beat the demo. But I like the fact that you can go from one thing to another, and also I've been playing the original one just to get like a little feel for it. And I have to say, this is a really good uh, uh, remake for Trials of Mana. I mean, good. the original one that the original one never released in the United States until Collection of Mana came out for the Switch last year, 
it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's it's one. It's a really fun NES game or Super Nintendo game, but I really like the um, the exploration, the combat of the remake. Even the voice acting is a little eh, but it. The cool thing is they pretty much took all the dialogue from the first from the original, and they people had people voice acted. It's it's campy. It's it's a fun campy. It's it's not the best, but it's fun. I gotta say, uh, Ben, when when you talk about long demos, that mm-hmm. always scares me because. A lot of games do that now where you can play the demo and then you transfer it to when you buy the game. But there are some games that give you like, hey, just play the first part of the game, but then mm-hmm. they don't save it. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you don't have to play like two hours of a game over again. Yeah, I think I, because the demo was like, I think I got an hour, hour and a half out of it. And I was also exploring too. I was trying to find a whole bunch of stuff. But it, it, the way, it, it's only it's only like two hours and you know, there's a lot of cool stuff to find, which is good. Whereas the Final Fantasy VII one, it's just an hour and you're done, which which is fine. You don't have to worry about it. It's like the first hour. That's, I can replay the first demo. hour. That's what a demo is. Yeah. But for Trials of Mana, I'm just like, good on them, because you can also pick multiple characters and play as them and then transfer all that save file over to the game when you get it. And that's Ryan, awesome. you're going to be happy, because I started Dark Souls 3 yesterday. I know. We've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know you could play co-op on that game, because my brother kept texting me. He's like, hey, let's play co-op with Dark Souls 3. And I finally caved and started playing with him yesterday. Dark Souls 3 is freaking fun. Oh, man. I'm actually really glad I played Jedi Fallen Order before I got into Dark Souls 3 because I knew Fallen See, Order. You, you know yeah. what a real Dark Souls game is. <laughs> yeah, I know what a real Dark Souls game is. And it's fun. I really, really enjoy it. I, I'm i liking it. Once we're done here, I'm probably going to call my brother or text him. He lives over in Florida and be like, hey, you up? Because uh, I want to play some more Dark Souls. You up? Yeah. Um, uh, what's the last boss that you fought? Do you remember? Uh, the last boss I fought was the Cursed Greywood. Yeah, yeah. We we kept we got our asses kicked. It was killing us. So we're gonna farm for souls and try to level up a little bit before we fight them again. I might re-download it and uh, hop in because I sure love that whole franchise. And I love uh, to play. Let me know if you'd re-download that. Let me know. We could get some co-oping in. Uh, also, I started watching Tiger King last night on Netflix. Oh yeah, we need to see that. We that... need to watch that. I'm like three episodes in. We stopped at episode four because Fang and I need to do a ring bit fit adventure. And holy shit, Ben! Aren't there's not a single person on that show that's not batshit fucking crazy? No, no. Every single person on that show could have their own television reality show about them. That's yes, what makes it so good. Because I also watched the entire thing, but you go first. I I'm not. I haven't finished it, but I freaking love that meme, Ryan. You posted of uh, radio killed the video star. Or oh video kill the radio star. God, you guys have to, oh. you guys have to watch it. Like it, it's, 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 you, go ahead, sorry. Uh, the thing about the show is that you think like obviously it's a reality. It's a documentary, so there's no such thing as a good guy or bad guy. There's no antagonist, protagonist. I mean, you see some people who are some into some messed up things, but as like time goes on, you think, oh, maybe this person is not that bad, and then surprise, they're actually horrible. Every, every single person. Every that's, single that's one so, of them. Literally what's so good about the show is like if like one episode will follow somebody right that you don't know a lot about and you reveal everything about them and mm-hmm. then it's like oh this person's a piece of shit and then the mm-hmm. next episode you learn that your hero is a piece of shit and then uh-huh. you learn that your villain is a piece of shit and then yeah. all the cops involved are pieces of shit and i'm just like this is this is like the most insane crime like saga i've ever seen and it involves a bunch of tigers like it's it truly it's like one of those um like zeitgeist things like like bird box or any of those things but this is actually excellent like, I actually yeah. really am invested, and I, I was so sad when it ended. I mean, at first, when I started watching, I'm like, okay, I'll give it, like, an episode or two, maybe, and then we'll fan out with something else. And then once we start, it, it got us. It's got us good. 
it got us really good. So we're like, okay, I actually want to know what happens. Like the whole episode about um, Carol and her missing husband, that whole entire episode was dedicated to just that bit. Dude, and, that's... Just, and the whole time I'm watching this going. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's real good. Yeah. Uh, besides Tiger King, I also watched a little bit more Rebels. A little bit. I watched right. like three episodes or so. Really good. Inquisitors messing shit up and it's awesome. And also on Friday before I went to work, uh, myself and Michael Carl sat down with author, 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 wow, I cannot speak how much of that I had to drink already, <laughs> author Rachel Litvin to talk about her second book, Chronicles of Royal High Dragon's Wrath, which I am leaning over to get right now. So we That's talked cool. about the first five chapters and we're going to do another episode, the next five chapters this week. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I had I had a pretty fulfilling week to be ben, honest. Yeah. What does your shirt say? I've been trying to t- ask you that for like five, five minutes. It's a jungle it's black, out there. It's Black gotcha. Panther. Cool. It's Black Panther. Okay. It's uh, my pajama shirt, actually. Okay. Yeah. Hey man, it's okay. Well, you know, this is this is comfy cast. This is, comfy this is cast. Not just comfy cast. I'm also drinking. So yeah. Hey Ben, right. um, let me tell you, uh, it's not water in here. It's water in here. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, that's exciting! I do have a water bottle down there, but I'm like, nah. I, I want to. I need. I want to drink some. Uh, some of my booze. May, yeah, may, I, may I go next? If you're yes, done, yes, I am done. That's all I did this week. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, jury, jury, do we allow this? Yeah, okay, Brandon, you can go. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to bring up that uh, we are famous. We are famous for seven seconds. That's <laughs> that's not fame. So for for those of you who have We're not been watching, for three days in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been a slow news week, uh, you can tell, because 27, no less than 27 articles were written about our interview of from Mark Guggenheim, which is up now. You can listen to it now. Uh, 27, articles 27 articles <laughs> on CBR were written about us and was picked up by no less than nine different websites. Yeah. Oh. I have them all linked. If you want them all, you can see no, them all. I'm okay. I listened to it. <laughs> I listened to the interview, which, by the way, great interview, you guys. Uh, Brandon Sparks, you did an excellent job. Beautiful interview. I and felt, I felt so bad for Mark Guggenheim. <laughs> it was getting so much attention from it. I was like, this didn't happen last time. Yeah, did, you, did you email him saying, hey, sorry <laughs> about that. No, I just I, want to talk to you about the crossover. I did not expect all this to blow up. I spoiler alert, uh, this is not the first time this happened to him. It's yeah, guaranteed okay. to happen every single crossover for the last five years. Like, right. it's, he's probably uh, used to it. I, I just I just kind of, like, saw the first article. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool that that, that that popped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I was bummed about is the one that, that he had to tweet about, which was the most popular one, which is that them talking about nitpicking his description of the original ending and people, like, just yes, going yes. off the headline to tear it apart. And he's like... Okay, yeah, cool. Take it out of context. Yeah. Awesome. That's the one. That was the first article that popped up. I was like, oh, dang, they picked up one of our articles. That's really cool. We're quoted in in an article that people are going to see. That's awesome. Uh, And uh, just to give you guys some background, uh, background information for the audience, that episode is doing very well for only being up for three days. Um, And I I thought it was uh, crazy that every day I would go on there and then three more and then two more. And then eventually 10 more for the day. I'm like, when does this stop? <laughs> when when there's news to be told. <laughs> when you have a 24-hour news cycle, man, you got to get 30 articles articles out of every single podcast. Yeah. Yep. You're the exact I, thing you hate about. 
that yeah. the clickbait we're article. the problem and you know what we were picked up by film clickbait which is on twitter which is an honor thank you film clickbait thank you it. cbm cringe which is a horrible twitter account but thank you so much for picking us up yeah honor that's an honor um, we, made it. we made it guys we were on and, twitter we trended course... on twitter arrow batman was trending on twitter wait we trended on twitter or arrow batman was trending on no, arrow, arrow batman, batman was trending okay. on twitter it uh, was but, insane but still someone cue a panic at the disco that hey look my made a song Someone can cue that up. That was the that was the story we put up when I first yeah. saw the the article because uh, I thought it was like wild that, we, that never happened to us before. It was crazy. It, it is pretty. Because cool. we should try to do more interviews. We should. We should. Especially um, now that no one is doing anything. Yeah. But either way, thank you, thank you to Mark uh, for for doing it. You know what? Thank you to CBR for that promote for that um, exposure. That is good exposure for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody if anybody listened to that and is still listening to us hey welcome that, that i love you thank you um but i do have some other things to to mention i i did a lot this week uh, so as i started to get into a groove trying to to suppress my deep-seated anger towards the situation that we're in yeah um animal crossing does is saving me from thinking about it <laughs> yeah um i finally so we saw i saw a couple of new things i saw scooby-doo uh the new scooby-doo return of zombie island mm-hmm. Uh, which was terrible. Oh, I was really bummed about that. Because uh, the first movie. No, but I can't say I'm surprised based on that trailer. That first movie is awesome. I think is the best Scooby Doo animated movie, personally. Uh, it's my favorite. Uh, so I was super disappointed to, to watch this one and just not care at all. There's like three reveals. It's kind of boring. I thought it ended an hour before it ended. Oh. Um, and then I saw the fourth Spy Kids movie. Game over? No, that's, that's third. Three. What's four? That's time, the one with Jeff Albert. No, but what's Joel it called? McCann. I don't know. What's it called? Time stands still. I don't know. I don't remember. Time runs out. No, that's the Avengers. Rowena Rowena Blanchard. Die tomorrow. Yeah. What? Rowena, Rowena Blanchard from um, uh, Girl Meets World. Owen, the main. Owen Blanchard. That's the one. <laughs> um, from Girl Meets World, she's in it. She's yep. one of the one of the Spy Kids. Uh, I genuinely think the first three Spy Kids movies are pretty good. Uh, I don't. I don't remember the third one, but those first two are good. Yeah. I remember I, the I, third one being. It, it. It was. A, it was back. The third one was when the 3D was a big gimmick. Because remember, it was I was before I, Avatar, though. Yeah, it was before Avatar, but 3D. But you could. Why, yeah, when you're watching it, you could tell that there are some scenes because like some giant gears are flying at you. You're like, oh wow, it's a. Th- three's it's not. Three's not. Three's not as good as one and two. No, uh, but I, I think it's pretty okay. Although um, it is funny to see Sebastian Stallone talking to other versions of himself. It's yeah. a game over. <laughs> I, I think that I think I think the first three are pretty good. Yeah, uh, and it's so the life. second one. This fourth film is awful, just awful. So you just watched bad movies this week? No, because I started with the bad ones. <laughs> okay. Um, because then I watched the Mask of Zorro, which I've been trying to watch for a while, for a long time, trying to rewatch for a long time. Did you watch that Patrick Willems video? Yes. Which is, is why that I wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that movie's still awesome. That movie rules. That is an excellent, excellent movie. Uh, that movie holds the F up. Uh, I love that movie. Reverse Flash, uh, isn't it? You know, for those of you, not not the not the Harrison Wells Reverse Flash, but the original. But the uh, actual Eobard. Eobard Thawne Reverse <laughs> you know that Flash. Yeah, yeah, the blonde dude. Captain Love. Yeah. yeah, that movie is just so awesome. Look, I get it. They whitewash Zorro. They always whitewash Zorro. Anthony Hopkins is not Spanish. Nor is Catherine Zeta Jones, but Antonio Banderas is so damn good in that movie. The fact that they it waited, se- Hopkins. 
I think it's great in the movie. Absolutely. I didn't mean to say otherwise. Um, no, uh, the fact that they waited ten, almost 10 years for the sequel is a travesty. Travesty. And that sequel's awful. Yeah. I saw it once and I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, Mask of Zorro? Or no, Legend of Zorro? No, the sequel. Oh, Legend of Zorro. Yeah. The Mask of Zorro is an, is an incredible movie. I love the movie. And then I rewatched Fired Up, which holds up, guys. The, Fired the Up gov- holds up. The governor who's the villain in Mask of Zorro is so good. He's honestly one of the best movie villains. Uh, uh, Raphael? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the he's governor, so good. yeah. Yeah, he's so good. Um, that movie's just so good. I can rate it. I can listen to the Patrick Villas video. It says it way better than I ever could, but sure. that, that movie rules. I didn't uh, watch that movie. And then I watched Fired Up. Uh, I showed, F- I showed Zara Fired Up. Uh, what's that spell? F you. Not that way. <laughs> that's not, that's, that, not movie that, way is, either. that movie holds up. Good. That movie is so funny. Isn't like that Bohemian Habitat? We watched we watched it on IMDb though, uh, the IMDb streaming service. Okay, which is free. Uh, it's got ads. The ad breaks are awful. The ad breaks are awful, and they cut off the trailers. And the trailers of the, the some of the best jokes are in the trailers of that movie. Aww. and that is just too bad. Uh, Ooh. Um, when we were going to watch Batman Returns, we attempted at first to watch it on a, some kind of app. I think it was called Filio or something. Oh yeah. They were going to have it and it was free. Uh, and we were going to watch it, but we were going to have ads and the runtime was a whole hour. It was a three hour long movie for a two hour long movie. That's an hour of the ads. And we're like, oh, hell no. I will pay $4 to get off early. What Uh, happened? That's awful. And we had to do that, by the way. We didn't bring this up. We had to do that because DC Universe very uh, quietly removed most of the movies yeah. off the DC Universe app. Yeah. Whoa. All of the Batman films, uh, Superman 3 and 4. Yep. Uh, Get ready for HBO Max. Most most things were pulled off of DC Universe a few months ago and very they never, quietly. And they never announced it? Because like I feel like we would have talked about that, it. That app lost some cred. That's why we had to turn to Amazon Prime for renting Batman Returns because we were planning to watch it on the app. Go to DC Universe; it's not there. Yeah, that's oh, a problem. That yeah. is messed up. Yes, that's that really so sucked. I think that app is gonna die in less than a year and get moved to HBO Max in some way. <laughs> that sucks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, neither would um, I. I mean, if you're going to be paying for that kind of app, you really should have access to all the content. It should have all the movies, including the current live-action movies, after a certain street date, and it should have the CW shows. I understand that they have a different distribution deal, but that's what should be on a service like that. Yep. Okay. Agreed. Um, real quickly, we mentioned we mentioned our CBR uh, claim to fame. Um, I forgot to mention, in order to find out where else we were, I did go on to We Got This Covered. Um have any of you actually gone through We Got This Covered news, news articles? No. Never. I think I go to there. What a slum of bullshit. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Every article was just like, uh, Warner Bros. planning to do a, a sequel to Harry Potter and scrapping Fantastic Beasts. I was like, no. Based on what? Based on that, what? That's one of those places that throws out a thousand theories that could be possible just in case one does come through. Right. Then you're like, oh, we, to- we told you. Right. Like there's there's like MCU Cosmic. There are so many of these bullshit clickbait places that like CBR is a little bit better at, but not much. CBR at least has has uh, has contacts within the comic book community. Yes, they actually do yeah. interviews and they do do regular articles, but it's yeah. just fluffed with a bunch of bullshit. Too. And at least they actually give credit where credit is due. The, do, but, do. but we got this covered, man. Just if you want to just like have a have a good laugh, 
listen, read some of those articles because they're wild. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, so then I finished a TV show called Episodes on Netflix. It was all, all on Netflix. Episodes, uh, for those of you who don't know, is Matt LeBlanc's show. That was on Showtime. Um, Matt, uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. I watched the first two seasons on DVD years ago. So I started with season three and went and finished the whole thing. There's five seasons all on Netflix. I really liked it. Matt LeBlanc's really great. The cast is really solid. I enjoyed that show quite a bit. I have found that I regularly, for some reason, don't go back and finish Showtime shows because I'm a huge fan of Shameless and I fell off like a couple seasons ago and haven't gone back. Ooh. I was a big fan of Homeland when it started. Same. I dropped off after season three. Same. Uh, I really, really like Billions. Yeah. And I haven't gone back since season two. Showtime, you said? Yeah. You know what's the and one? Episodes of you know what's the too. one Showtime show that's good all the way through? Penny Dreadful. Twin Peaks. <laughs> and Penny Dreadful. Yes. Uh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gone back to Penny Dreadful after yeah. season one either. That show's real good. That's yeah. the one that, that is real good. And then new season's coming Twin, soon. Twin Peaks only got me all the way through because it was just one season on Showtime. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, but episodes really great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I and then I, I read uh, I've caught up on a couple of comics, uh, finally. I finished Undiscovered Country, all five issues that are out. Uh, that book is awesome. That book's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, that book's wild. That, that uh, is, I love it. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's about like 30 years ago, America closed its borders and just disappeared from the world stage. They, they built a giant wall around the entire country yeah. and then were radio silent for 30 years. Yeah, so nobody knows what's in America. Nobody knows what happened to America until the message comes out. And it's like, hey, we're really proud of it. We're really proud of this country. We we got a cure to this plague that's out there right now. So why don't you come in and we'll we'll you know renegotiate and like shit goes nuts, nuts uh, guys. That's, that's a fake message. Uh, shit goes really bad, and it's this awesome like cross country journey through basically a Mad Max America. Yeah. Imagine Mad Max, but like it's like Uncle Sam and like Rosie the Riveter and like weird, like weird shit. Like it's so inventive. Uh, I, and, I won't yeah. say, I won't say, but it's likely 30 years didn't pass in America. It's likely a little bit more. Yeah, some shit's going. It's so cool, man. Oh. Yeah. Undiscovered yeah. Country is a wild book. Really enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, real quick shout out. This is not talk about comics. I just remember, real quick shout out to Earth Zoo Comics for getting this week's comics to me. Uh, even though they were closed, uh, I was able to buy my comics and pick them up, and that was really great of them. Uh, a lot of comic like, first stores. Uh, no, the, uh, well, I'll tell you off air. Um, it. Officially, it's mail order. Um, Got it. But um, comic men, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got my books. Cur curbside. Yep. Oh, totally. Um, so really happy that I was able to get that. This is the last. This is the last new comic book day uh, for a while. Physical comic book day. Physical comic book day. We'll get into that in the news in a bit. Um, but I was really happy that I was able to pick them up and not leave or two comics with my comics for so long. Same. Because, um, you know, if you guys can't support your comic book stores, the best thing you can do is buy your poll. Um, if you can't do that, then buy gift cards if they yeah. have them. Yes, that's a great alternative. Yes, 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I finished this last week, but I forgot to bring it up. I finished, I caught up on Ascender, which is the sequel to Descender. Um, that book's really great. Uh, I talked about Descender a lot, uh, actually, in our Pick Nerds Watch series on Star Trek Picard, which just finished. We just recorded our last episode because um, that's over. Um, oh, rip. Yeah. That's uh, a me thing. That's a Ryan thing. We've been here. <laughs> <laughs> but Ascender, with all its like, with like its wild uh, magic and space travel and 
galactic trips and possibly there there's there's still robots out in the galaxy somewhere and like it's just a, such a great read um jeff lemire and dustin Wynn just deliver a great great book all every single week i i really love it um the is it still coming out monthly yeah okay i mean well nothing's coming out monthly anymore well but you yeah. don't even like it, it hasn't hit like its hiatus like image book does or anything like it's still coming out you monthly know, it might have hit a hiatus i don't know for sure though okay. um but yeah i really like that book and i finished silver surfer black Tradmore, Donny Cates. That is one of the most gorgeous books I've ever read. Tradmore rules. Trad, yeah. Tradmore needs to do more Marvel Cosmic because holy crap, the stuff in that in that book blew my mind. Yeah, that's art. a cool last book. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's just a beautiful looking book. Tradmore drew Luther Strode, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Luther Strode. oh yeah. His, we... his art has gotten better. Who, who wrote Luther Strode again? Just, Justin uh, Jordan. Justin thank Jordan. you. Thank you. That's the name I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah, Silver Surfer Black was so uh, some of the some of the stuff they were able to do in Silver Surfer Black, just art wise, is just so crazy and fluid. And there's a and it, there's a there's a sequence where he's where where Norin talks to Galactus before he becomes Galactus, and uh, uh, some of the some of the reveals in there about like you know he's like I once went to the planet of the symbiotes and and they hated me for some reason and this this is why and. His, his fight with Null is so awesome, and this is a gorgeous yes. book. The, the the thing about it being a Donny Cates book is that he he has a way of tying all all his lore that he's made together. So yeah, there is there is a uh, Null, the Oblivion King, or Null, the whatever his name is, uh, the, the symbiote god. The symbiote god, yeah. Yeah. Um. So like him showing up in there was like a really cool. Like, of course he does. Yeah. Donny Cates loves this dude. And we see like the kind of the origins of Null, like before he was trapped uh, in the plant in the symbiote planet. Uh. So I really, I really like that book. That was such a gorgeous book. I wish he would do a, a full series, yeah. of Silver Surfer with 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 uh, Tradmore because that that would be gorgeous. Um, Ego is in it, and Ego is it's just the the art is honestly the selling point for me when it comes to Silver Surfer Black. It's out of this world, um, literally. And then, yeah, yeah, and I did mention Star Trek Picard is over. Um, uh, 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 downright nerdy Michael Carls and I just recorded our last episode of uh fake nerds watch Star Trek picard kind of bittersweet but uh there will be another season so there, there you go that should be up soon uh the first nine episodes are up now thank you sparks real quick um because i i haven't watched it but i've read some of what the finale is about and i see i think or i've seen that the audience is very split on it how do you feel about it just real quick i am very split on it okay i, um, it, I would see why because i'm like interesting thing to do th there's okay there's, a, there's there are things that just kind of stop. They just stop. The plot is just like, oh, this is the bad guy. It's done. Oh. Uh, so it's kind of premature. Um, I, I really like it for the most part because of something they do in the episode that I won't spoil for those of you who don't. Who are not. There, there is something that kind of like redeems the show for me in a way. Uh, but ultimately, like the show was, it doesn't end with as high of a note as I would have liked it to have ended on. Um, I did. I did for the most part like it. I would say. I'm glad. Good. Yeah. Uh, but it's very similar to Descender. So if you read Descender, uh, very similar. So it's like Blade Runner. <laughs> it's like, like I mentioned this before in Fake Nerds Watch. But uh, if you, if you watch Star Trek, generally speaking, Star Trek's uh, influences aren't necessarily easy to pick out. They're they're there, but generally Star Trek is like the precursor, and not and not something that that takes influence. This show 
I very much saw its influences in like Blade Runner and Descender, um, whether intentional or not, they were there. There's a species of advanced synthetic aliens that are going to come and liberate the robots. That's the plot of Descender. Are you watching Westworld? Because we're watching Westworld. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, in the other in the other side of the galaxy, there's these there's these advanced robot robotic aliens that are going to come and save all robots from organic life, and that's the plot of Descender. So I was like, does, does Michael Chabon read Descender? Because like, I, it, I there, think Jeff Lemire's got a case. Nah, it's a there's a similar ideas pop up in sci-fi all the time. This is not an original concept. No, I know, but I I think the I think the influence is there. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. And and I think that the, what separates modern Trek from past Trek is that it's more influenced by things that have come than, oh, yeah. than it has been. Yeah. And Ryan, speaking of Blade, or Brandon, Ryan, speaking of Blade Runner, Fanny finally watched Blade Runner this week. The first oh, one? Nice. Uh, yeah, the first one, the final cut. It's up on Which Netflix. Cut? Final cut. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how'd she feel about it? She said it was weird. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that's a Fanny movie, uh, traditionally. I don't think. Yeah. It's not as good as Transformers 2, of course. Hi, Comic G-Spot. Hi, Comic G-Spot. Hey, Comic G-Spot. What's up, brothers? Yay, we got a friend. What's yeah, up? Yeah, we have a friend. Uh, anyway, so that's all my stuff. A lot, lot this week, you know, we're quarantined, so I'm trying to get into the groove. And yeah. Same. Sure. Yeah. What about, what about Sparks? Ryan, who wants to go next? Rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three. Oh, shit. I'll just go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I started this week. I'm actually kind of, I'm also finding a groove, Brandon, where I'm watching like week i'm watching like netflix shows like on a weekly basis to help me prolong it so i've watched i watch one episode of Alfred carbon every week now uh because that's a show that uh it's gonna last me a couple months maybe possibly <laughs> um that show i've talked about it it's like it's futuristic futuristic it's very x-men um people their bodies aren't their bodies anymore they're they have like these these ai chips that is their is their brain so you can put it into bodies and i've talked about that before the coolest aspect of the show is that there's a lot of ai companion friends and the main character is staying at this uh at this hotel that's run by it's, it's called the raven and it's a edgar Allan poe inspired hotel that's run by ai and the ai uh like guardian is edgar Allan poe and he becomes the main uh character uh his partner and he watches a bunch of old noir detective movies so there's an AI Edgar Allan Poe detective in this show and it's the coolest effing thing because the dude is so good at playing Edgar Allan Poe and he's so like wit witty and like dark and it's just like this is a, a concept it's just fucking crazy dude I love it I love Ultra Carbon so much uh a lot of shows I'm watching right now are so X-Men I'm just like I everything that I love is just like crazy and cynical and it's just like man it's a, it's a what a world we live in um I watched like Tiger King says something else we gotta see uh, color out of space. Yes, that's the Nick Cage uh, yeah. uh, uh, Lovecraft movie. I am very excited to see that, my friend. Um, I watched Tiger King. Uh, that show is incredible. Uh, I won't go into it more, but like honestly, guys, like you should ride the Zeitgeist wave, wave while you can because the memes are so good, the conversation uh -huh. is so good. Um, you guys gotta learn about Carol Baskin. You just gotta learn about her. Hey, mm. cute kittens like oh my god you guys she's does, crazy does it get better or does it get worse then every episode gets better and better and better i'm not no, no, i uh okay that was that was a bad question to ask um you know what no i'll talk to you off air about it because yeah, i'm yeah. only i'm only four episodes in or three episodes in them we just, stopped at just the marathon, one. Dude, like it's so good um, we might we might finish that when fanny gets home and once we're done with this and once my brother and i are done playing dark souls we might just finish it i did it in two days just because i was so hooked um let's see yeah, that, that is a 
That is a show. That is a. Oof. Emma, you're so loud. Can you guys hear that cat meowing? I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. Um, so uh, every Saturday, uh, bored and annoyed and downright nerdy do a movie live show that I've been a part of, luckily for the last couple of weeks. And this week's movie was a 2004 drama called Enduring Love, starring Daniel Craig. Uh, and it's about a group of people who experience a, a harsh trauma. Uh, and it kind of brings them together, but in very intense and like such psychological dramatic ways. Um, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's a movie I've never heard of. Uh, have you guys heard of Enduring Love? Never. It's, it's not shocking. It's a very small movie, but um, it's really, really well made. Um, and Daniel Craig is surprisingly really, not surprisingly, he's really good in it, but he's very subdued. It's not a Daniel Craig you're used to seeing. Um, that I thought it was he was really, really good. What's, um, uh, what's the coming movie, this week's movie? It's a movie I got to pick. It's 1975's uh, Rollerball, which is a sci-fi sports movie because the, the genre we had to pick was sports. So I picked a sci-fi sports movie. Because they're gonna they... go Darkman. Th that was for that was for a different genre. Ryan, didn't they remake Rollerball in the end at the late 90s? We don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> That's literally one of the worst remakes of all time. Okay, good to know. It's like worse than like sci-fi original movies. Oh God, no. Yeah. It's a ooh, that's that's a commentary, baby. One day that's a um, we, uh, we were about I, to do the Super Mario Bros. commentary, and then this damn quarantine happened. I'm dude, it's, it'll happen. It's it'll happen. Um, I'll leave the the thing that I did a lot with you to you, because uh, they know how much I already like it. Um, I played so much Animal Crossing this week, guys. It's disgusting. Let me tell you. Um, I There's posted nothing else to do, Ryan. What's up? There's nothing else to do. Play your hearts out, brother. You know what? That's true. I literally can't do anything. So thank you, Ben. Uh, I'm going to play even more now. Who needs sleep? <laughs> I'm up till five in the morning every day. Um, so am I. I put up X-Men posters all over my house. I got to hang out with my friend Joey, who's a patron. Who's a patron. Uh, I went to his island. He came, uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. I love that game. It's a very relaxing, great quarantine game. Uh, imagine The Sims, the game The Sims, but even less stress. It's just yeah. a good time. It's just a good-ass time. You're just catching you bugs. Know. I'm back when we had the Sim, back when the Sims Two was like super popular. Um, I, if I had my kids and they weren't doing well in school, I would lock them in a four-walled room and, and kill make, them. And, no, 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 and put the put a bookshelf there and take away the door so that they would have to study until they until they got better. And so then That's when not... their grades went up, they would come out. I'm a horrible dad. Wow. I mean, Zara's looking at me horrified. No, okay. Um, I can't say that because when I played, because when my brother and I, when we did play The Sims, the very short, we had The Sims busting out for the PS2. And just one day for shits and giggles, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. So for one day for shits and giggles, we had like this huge, my brother's character had a huge house party. All these people were at his house and everyone's in the pool. We took the ladders out. Oh and we, slow, we made bets to see who would die last and then we saw the grim reaper just just like trekking along like oh gotta collect some souls gotta go get them and then one by one people would go rawr, rawr, and they would die <laughs> can you imagine like the grim reaper like going to like your house for like the fifth time in a week and like what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing you're working overtime bro it's like we, we're there's no ladder we can't get out of the pool climb out you dumb idiots <laughs> Computer simulations, am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, Animal Crossing, uh, uh, X Men books. So, a new X Men book came out this week called Hellions, and it features a bunch of. Um, I books came out this week. Yes, but I mean, sorry, one new one came out, is what I mean. Um, Hellions, number one, came out, and that is a bunch of uh, not obscure, if you know the X Men, but like, like lower tier uh, side villain characters, most of them, except for Havoc, Alex Summers, who's like, who's, a, who's an X Man. Um, it's a very fascinating book, and it is, it deals with 
a bunch of people who are irredeemable. And what do the X-Men do when they are supposed to allow them in and live with them? And it's such an awesome take where, again, like every every title of, of this X uh, launch has something for everyone. And this book is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not like Suicide Squad, but I, but like almost like X-Force, but even worse. Because X-Force is there to be good. These guys are like, we just don't know what to do with these assholes. Like, we literally don't know what to do. So Mr. Sinister is like, he's like the leader of these guys. And he's just like, holy shit, what can I do? Uh, it's it's so good. Like, honestly, I'd recommend at least picking up issue one to see if you like it. Because um, this is an excellent addition that I was not expecting. Uh, it's a lot of crazy characters that I'm not familiar with. And that's what I love when I get introduced to characters that I don't know. And I grew to love them because uh, I want to love every character. Hold on, let me pull up my poll list. Let me see if I can pick, pick up another X-Men oh, yeah. book. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, a bunch of other X-Men books came out, and they're all good. Uh, X-Men continues to be good. Wolverine is still awesome. Dracula is dope. Um, uh, that's that's about it. Uh, I'm reading a lot of X-Men, or a lot of comics on Marvel Unlimited as well, because I can't go to the shop as, as much as I should, or, or I shouldn't leave the house anyway. But, you know, things happen. But uh, that's me. That's me. I'm doing a lot of stuff with him, but he'll, he'll, he'll say it. Sparkles? Sparkles? Um, yeah, we've been watching a lot of Westworld, which I think we brought up last week, and now we're all the way caught up, except for tonight's episode. Tonight's new episode! Yeah, yeah, so we're all the way caught up now. Uh, that's been something. Tell me, well, because they know how I feel about it, I want want you. No, I mean, Mm. I'm I'm loving it. Yeah? Yeah, uh, it was really nice, uh, to get through season two, uh, to catch up on season three. Um, yeah, I really like season two. Season two has, I think up to this point, some of the strongest episodes. Yeah. And characters. Specifically one episode character beats. is like um, like a standout episode for just HBO in general. Stuff that they do with, uh, well, the way that arcs go with James Marsden's character, for example, that I didn't anticipate and I really liked. Um, and the introduction of, introduction of some new characters and deaths of some characters. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. We've been making a lot of jokes about how very Hickman X-Men Westworld is yeah, it's, and it's it's heavy. It's it's so heavy, and like no joke. We watched episode two of season three yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday, and I said it on Twitter. But Dolores literally says the line of like, "Your gods are here now," yeah. and I'm like, "If that's not new, the most, your new gods are coming. Your new gods are coming." I'm like that's the most Magneto shit I've heard in my entire life. Oh and yeah, I about- saw that tweet. And this was a matter of episodes after she talked to another character and said. It's going to take both of us to save our kind, but not as allies, not as friends. There is literally a Xavier and Magneto uh, uh, duality going on between two characters. And it's like, mm-hmm. she's building her robot uh, resistance to destroy the humans, and he's a robot trying to save the humans. And it's just like, what the hell? This is, <laughs> this is the best X-Men show we have, and it's not even an X-Men show, guys. It's for real. It, we are Jonathan uh, Nolan? Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. Uh, they, are, they are the co-creators, and... Man, I, I like season two a lot. I think season one is the better season, but like season three is like, this is some interesting stuff, man. Like it's like spoilers for the season. It's it's out in the real world. Like it is totally out in the real world. So we're seeing the future of a hundred years from now. Um, you're seeing how real robots are living and like AI and it's just like, mwah, mwah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We, we were talking about, uh, we wonder how much the concept of spending so much time in the real world was intended and how much they adapted to because of the fires that destroyed Australia. Sweetwater. Uh, no, no, Not, here. Oh, this here, was California oh, okay, yeah. uh, when they were filming season three. Um, but uh, we really, really liked it. Uh, <laughs> watch bonding. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so West Westworld's been real strong. There was one night where Ryan wasn't up to watching Westworld. He wanted to do Animal Crossing or, or something. Mm-hmm. So Megan and I watched a single episode of The Witcher. <laughs> so we, 
we kind of started The Witcher. It's happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's and then we haven't gone back. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Steven Universe Future ended. Um, yes. yeah. We watched yeah. we watched the finale yesterday, and that was something. Um, was it a good ending? It was a good ending. Uh, it's it's very cathartic in a good way. Um, Steven Universe Future is all about really Steven having to acknowledge that uh, he has been carrying trauma throughout the entire show, um, that he has been uh, mentally and emotionally traumatized by everything he's been put through throughout the show. And it's a very unique take because usually when you have a cartoon that is about a child protagonist who has to save the world multiple times, you don't really go into the fact about how many times they come close to death or how many times they have something really important to them, either taken away or killed. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why uh, Steven Universe Future lands in such a uh, very visceral way. Um, the emotions are very, very mature. Uh, it's, it's extremely special. Um, and a strong epilogue to the entire series, uh, which is really nice to have because there's um, there's definitely some complaints. And, and uh, Rebecca Sugar kind of confirmed as much that she was being forced to rush the finale of the original series because they were being told that they wouldn't get picked up for more. And so the original series was basically conceptualized as the ending of the show. But as they were doing it, they kept having ideas for a movie and they kept pitching it to Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network agreed and they liked the movie and they said we'd actually like a show to go with it and that's how they got the opportunity to make the epilogue that is steven universe future um but uh anyway so a lot of people have complained about how the ending of the original series felt a little rushed and she's even agreed but there is a moment uh, a whole episode in steven universe future that kind of puts a different spin on uh how clean that ending actually was Okay, which was really cool. nice. Uh, we're, I'm almost done watching uh, Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken, which remains a great anime. And I've been catching up more on the... Uh, I'm almost at the end of Michael Scott's time on The Office for myself. So that's been something. I've had to go back to watching movies for class because class uh, has reined in and, and needs more of my attention right now. Um, so I watched Late Spring... Uh, by Ozu, which is a 1949 Japanese film. I'm more of a fan of Early Summer. That's fair. <laughs> Did you know that's a real movie? No. Nope. Yeah, that's a real what? movie. <laughs> yeah, I won. Uh, Bakushu. That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, Hell yeah, Castlevania was awesome comic book. Jeez, but I finished the whole thing. Uh, outside right. of that, uh, I've been spending some time playing Overwatch with some. Oh, we've been doing that. I forgot. Uh, yeah, we have. We, we, did that, we did that a little bit today. We did. We've been uh, we've been killing it in some Overwatch, which has been really nice. Uh, hey, that game's real good. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. Brandon, wow. you should pick up Overwatch. Join us. Money. It's cheap now. I got you, boo. It's cheap Don't now. You want to play with us? Oh, we got, I got you, boo. He's got you. He's Maybe. got you. We got. We got to move. We got to. We got. I still got work to do, even though I'm not working. Working. <laughs> Everybody Maybe. needs some downtime. Hey, you're not anyway, working at midnight. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so we've been playing that with a few friends of ours as well. And uh, I also dedicated some time to play the Resident Evil 3 demo. Mm -hmm. I played that to death. Did uh, you play the second one? No. Ish, that's weird. <laughs> but I wanted to play the demo for this. No, it's cool. It's just um, uh, I played that till I died. And then I didn't go back to try and complete Is Nemesis in the demo? Uh, if he is not before I got killed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he was. I'm sure he is. I didn't get to him. 
um, which says a lot about how well I play. Uh, so we'll get to comic book juice, but some of these. Um, and I gotta double check my list. Um, now I want to double check my list, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, I've I've been uh, I've been continuing to slowly catch up uh, because I've been behind on the CW shows. So I've watched a couple of uh, the Legends, and uh, that it's bittersweet because I know Brandon Ralph's almost off uh, where I'm at. He is off now. Man, he seems so sad. Uh, he is po- he posts so much about that show. I'm he seems so bummed. Brandon Ralph is like <laughs> half the heart of that show. Yeah. So the idea of not having him on is is really disruptive and breaking my heart. Um, but the the Legends of Tomorrow show is is remaining strong, uh, and. Past that, I don't know that I've done a lot else that I would contribute to here. Um, can't think of anything. Oh, I watched Transformers Dark of the Moon yesterday. So, uh, because uh, Megan and I were trying to pick a movie and, and she's, I've been trying to get her through just that one last Transformers film. Because she's watched the first two and I was like, this is the only you other one I really stop want you too. to see. This is the one, only other one I really want you to see from the Michael Bay era and then you never have to touch it again. Uh, outside of Bumblebee, and we watch it. And uh, I realized that I hadn't watched it in a long time. A lot of what made Dark of the Moon's final act resonate as so good to me has kind of been outdone by Avengers at this point, the original Avengers, because Dark of the Moon came out one year before. Oh, you mean like the big, uh, the big battle? Yeah, I mean like uh, like how they do a, a, a essentially a war in a city. Oh, yeah. And like a large the way they strategize again. And when Dark of the Moon came out, it's like, dang, this is really cool because no film has really done something like this. And then I realized that one year later, Avengers did it much better. There's that. <laughs> I didn't watch it again, but I know there's that one scene where like Optimus is like rolling through dudes, and he's like his swords. Yeah. He's like cutting dudes. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Hey, man, these movies are pretty no, cool. Dark, Dark of the Moon is is good. pretty good. Yeah. I don't know that I would say it's better than the first one anymore. Yeah, but I will say it's definitely like number two of the Michael Bay films. It, yeah. it's got a reasonable enough plot. Uh, the comedy bits tend to be decent. I, I uh, was coming back and forth from my room, and there were definitely moments that I thought were funny when I don't remember thought were funny when I first saw it. I totally <laughs> forgot about Alan Tudyk yeah. being uh, the right-hand man to John Turturro. Yeah. And I'm like, where's the spinoff movie about just those two guys? Because <laughs> yeah. that's no, all. I love the scene where they're going to the, talk to the Russians, the former Russian cosmonauts, and uh, like uh, he's like, Give me something, whatever. And he's like trying to flip through the Russian dictionary. He opens the door. He's like, that's a Danya. That means goodbye. Slam. Yeah. And Alan Tudyk's uh, like, it's an acrylic language. We, but, I don't know what it is. I, I've never forgotten the Dasvidanya goodbye bit, but I did forget about the bit where Alan Tudyk like freaks out, grabs guns, and has them pointed at everyone. And they're like, oh, yeah. calm down. And then he's like, I'm sorry. That's the old me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he was like having those like that shotgun. He pulls out a Glock and he's just like, Arr! yeah. And I'm like, what? The there's, there's, there's some good stuff still in Dark of the Moon. Uh, Shockwave is cool. I look Shockwave back on that with so much uh, sympathy. Yes. Uh, considering like knowing where where he was at and like he's just throwing everything out at the wall because he was in a place yeah. and uh, and I respect it. Um, so I did that. And the only other thing I'll plug is I bought, uh, quite a few comics that I don't necessarily have right now. Comicsology has massive sale, um, a whole lot going on right now because they know <laughs> that you're at home. So, uh, it's worth it taking a look. They have it in almost every Avenue, whether it's, I think it's, uh, there's, there's DC, uh, uh, like events, I think is one of the sales. And then there's the Marvel teens. 
is a sale and Dark Horse is having a big one. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of digital sales. So if you're getting digital comics, now's a good time to go check those sales out. Also, uh, the UK website, Zavi, Z-A-V-V-I, if you want, uh, and their sale has shrunk because they're doing it till they sold out of the books, uh, is doing 10 graphic novels from DC Comics for $25. And these are the print graphic novels. I'm telling you, like, I looked it up. One of the ones that I ordered is worth just $25 on its own. It is. It will be coming from the UK uh, plus $10 shipping, but I'm still saying 10 print books. So if you check out that sale, uh, that's like hundreds of dollars. That is hundreds of dollars. That's like 250 bucks right there, give or take. Yeah. yeah. Now again, the sale has shrunk when it initially started. They had a whole lot there that was like, dang. Um, so, but it, it, if anybody's interested and it's still up and I would keep an eye out for uh, Zavi to still be doing a similar thing um, in the near future, mm-hmm. uh, because I think they're also kind of playing with what quarantine is doing to people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was a huge sale. Um, yeah. Just things to plug things for people to think about. Cause I picked up quite a few books through those two sales. I have one more comic I forgot to talk about. It is another X-Men comic book, but it's fan- it's well, Nightcrawler is great. Yes. But um, the, the thing for me that I love this week was FF X-Men. Oh, right. uh, oh no, this- that came out this week. Yeah. Issue three came out. Sorry, Ben, I you did. got it. <laughs> I, did, I did pick up my books this week. That's the thing. Cause I didn't know if the store was closed or they weren't closed. And then when I found out they weren't closed, I was too late. I was already at work. It's up. Um, uh, Dr. Doom is, is the main character of this issue of issue three. Uh, you guys know how much I love Dr. Doom. Zdarsky writes one hell of a Dr. Doom and a fantastic four. Uh, I, I'm I'm on Twitter so much the last couple of days just because what the, what else am I doing? But um, there's one great quote like so the 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 point of this book is uh, Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic's son, Franklin Richards is losing his powers and he thinks Doctor Doom can help him because his dad can't help him and that's messed up and Reed feels bad about it. But uh, what are you gonna do? So his son goes to Doctor Doom basically and Doom is like, I care for these children so much. I'm gonna do what your father can't do because he's a piece of shit and it's so good and and. I'm just anytime Zdarsky writes a Fantastic Four or Doom, I'm just like, just, just write the book, just write Fantastic Four, just do it. I thought the book was about um, Franklin. He's a mutant, so like the yes. X Men want him on Krakoa. Yes, but he's yeah. losing his powers, and the X Men want him before he loses his powers. They think they can fix him. Everybody oh, in the world thinks they can fix him, but Reed can't. So Franklin's like, "You're not helping me, Dad. I need to go get help from someone because you clearly are inept." And that's right. it's really it's really like sad to see like this kid and his dad go through this trauma because like Reed, like you guys know him a little bit. Like he's a dude who's all about science and sometimes forgets about his family. Uh, it's there's a great quote from the last issue. It's like, "How come Reed can fix everything except uh, me and you, Ben Grimm and Franklin? How come he can fix the world but he can't fix us?" And that is that's a real statement. And it's like maybe because he doesn't want to fix you. And I'm like, oh shit, dude. Because like, and I'm like, yeah, this this is a tremendous miniseries. Uh, one more issue. I'm really bummed that it's over, but um, I'm loving it. That's it. Yeah. So, I, I haven't read issue three, obviously, but the two issues of Fantastic Four and X Men I have read because of Ryan's um recommendation. I fall in love. I it's truly love. a great book. Man. It is so good. I was- and again. You don't have to read um, any X-Men books or any Fantastic Four books. It gives you everything you need yeah. about the situation. Originally, because when I found out this was going to be a, a four-issue miniseries, I figured, oh, let's just wait for the trade. I'll just get it then. And then I'm like, no, F that. I need to get this now. Mm-hmm. And once like Frankenstein's open up, because when I went to the store to buy issue two, they didn't have the variant cover, like the expanding variant cover. Good one. The so Mark once, yeah. So once um, Frankenstein's like, once this quarantine stuff is over and comic book stores and Frankenstein's open up again, I'm going to go to Frank's. I'm going to try and hunt down that second issue because I want all four issues like 
Confir- I'm going to do like essentially what Ryan's going to do with, with his X Men wall. Yeah, yeah, Because I, I have a bunch of uh, action, var- action one thousand variants. I want to hang up up here so that way it's not just a blank wall. Back right. over to spot. See you, dude. You're the best. And, Thank you. And one of them is going to be Fantastic Four and X Men Fantastic Four because that um because the way because even though I had the versus show, I was like, man, this is this is going to be a beautiful like connecting cover. Yeah, dude, those Mark Brooks covers like he's doing. He's done like. A bunch of covers and he's gonna do like the the uh ten of swords crossover like he's doing Ooh. all those variants too and like that dude's Ooh. an exceptional artist like he's truly something else oh yeah and, and zadarsky really should do the fantastic four series he should just slot himself in he really should man oh, i see what you did there i see what you did there sparks comic book g spot the site is zavvi.com zavi slash i'm in the uk don't do that no do it you're gonna trust I'm like I'm wearing glasses, but he's also wearing glasses. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get into our news? Yes. All right. Here's your bread and butter. Almost an hour in. Let's do it. Here's your bread and butter. I thought this was going to be a short episode. Oops. Welcome to reality. <laughs> Welcome to social distancing. We miss each other. <laughs> yes. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay. Okay. Not in my ear. Thank you. All right, so we do have some bad news up top. Uh, a couple of a couple of deaths happened this week, not corona related, mind you. Um, it was very important to, to say. Albert Uderzo uh, died this week. He's the co-creator of the French character Asterix, a French comic book Asterix. It's the two Vikings on the. It's two Vikings. Yeah, you've that, seen them. They're I've pretty seen famous. Them. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, the community, especially the um, the Niagara community. They were saluting him because he because a lot of people. They loved his comics, so hearing that he passed away was a big blow. Yeah, he died at the age of 92 this year. So good life. Good yeah. long life. It's sad that he passed away, but still good long life. And I haven't read those characters, but I know internationally those characters are up there. They're yeah, up they're, there. and They're people, beloved, like, you know, like yeah. Tintin or, or Dylan Dog. Like they're beloved international mm-hmm. characters that we don't often get exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I feel like it's important to, to uh, pay tribute to even these creators. Definitely. Um, this week, uh, also, Stuart Gordon. Ah, uh, this one this sucks, week. you guys. Yeah, Stuart Gordon died this year, this week at the age of 72. He's the director most known for the, as the director of Reanimator with um, Jeff Coombs. Uh, but he is also the writer, he's also a writer on ER and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Uh, he's done a lot of Lovecraft movies. Uh, my personal favorite isn't Reanimator. It's it's From Beyond. Uh, who also Jeffrey Combs is in it. Like they they make movies together for decades. Um, Stuart Gordon was a very a very uh, interesting director for the eighties and nineties because he was one of the only people making really great Lovecraft movies. Like he made multiple Lovecraft movies and he made sequels to from Reanimator like uh, two decades after the first one came out. Like that dude was steeped in Lovecraft lore. That's why I love him. I loved his filmography. Um, not so much ER, but like good for him for, for branching out. It's weird that Cthulhu showed up in season three, but like eh, who am I to judge him, right? Um, no. Like he, 72, it, it's like right in the middle. Like he's not, he's not that young, but he's not too old, but it still sucks. Cause like, man, I, especially as a teenager, this dude was on my like top 10 list. Cause like he makes the craziest, like nonsensical, like Lovecraft gore movies. Um, I love him. I've only seen the reanimator once. I saw it in Jeremy's room years and years and years ago. Jeremy. Jeremy yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he really liked the movie he had on DVD. We watched it one night for a movie night, but I don't remember it too well, but I remember liking it. 
it's a it's a truly like dark ass comedy like it's about reanimating people but it's also like uh like there it's like i can't i don't want to spoil anything there's some really gross stuff it's okay i also just really like jeffrey coombs um, yeah jeffrey coombs is great yeah uh we, we just got back into star trek d space nine he was one of the villains of d space nine oh um, right on he's he's a really great actor i really like him whenever he pops up he was scarecrow in in uh batman the animated series sorry the new oh, adventures of batman yeah, the new adventures of batman the the hang noose the hang yeah designer scarecrow that's um, awesome he was in like three star trek shows as three different characters um uh, recurring characters obviously he was in transformers um prime he was ratchet and tons of movies. The Frighteners. Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. So I like him a lot. Wait, wasn't he also the question in uh, Justice League Unlimited? Yes. Oh my god, is he really? I re- no, I remember his voice because I remember watching Ratchet and hearing the voice and then re-watching Justice League Unlimited. It's like, hey, that's Ratchet from Transformers Prime. So yes, now- he is the question in Justice League Unlimited. And honestly, hey, live action question? Just saying. He might be too old now. You put, it's a no face. It is true, but that dude's like in his sixties by now. So like, I, he has to be a little younger. Brandon, what was his name again? Jeffrey Coombs. Thank you. But Stuart Gordon was the one we were trying to pay tribute to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years old. Um, all right. So we do have some coronavirus updates. It seems like. Sorry, what were you say, Sparks? I was going to mention Mark Bloom. Do you have him? I, I don't know this one. Uh, Mark Blum uh, is a uh, actor from Broadway and then like a character actor on a ton of things. His most famous thing recently would probably be uh, the character of Union Bob on uh, Mozart in the Jungle. I'm not super familiar with a ton of his stuff. You've definitely seen him in passing on several shows. Again, like a common actor who would appear in bit parts. He did pass away at 69 from the coronavirus this week. Ooh, I oh, I see this. That's a- yeah, he, he was a big character actor. Yeah, 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 he was a huge character actor. You definitely saw him. Uh, he was uh, several voices in Alan Wake, the video game. Oh. Uh, he's, uh, if you look at his filmography, he's in a ton of stuff. You've obviously seen him. He's uh, one of those guys you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah, exactly. And he, he did pass away this week from the oh, coronavirus. That, that sucks. sucks. Yeah. I didn't see that. I feel bad. Um, all right, so some coronavirus updates. Seems like the the hot news of the the month. God, ever since James Bond moved their movie, we haven't stopped talking about it. Um, March is the longest year of my life. I I forgot it was still March. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, is it kind of March end, please? I thought I was looking at stuff like May. Really, it was like. Oh, it's, we're almost done with April, right? I was I was telling, I think Ben was on when I was telling him this while we were playing Overwatch that uh, people are making jokes and memes. And so like sometimes it really is like, oh, my Facebook status, day 14 of the quarantine. And then there's ones where it's like day 96. And I'm like, honestly, it all sounds true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> After a I, while. Yeah. I mean, Fanny and I, we're still going to work. So I still know what day it is. But at the same time, other people are like, today is Wednesday? I didn't know that. I'm like, oh, I generally always, I know what day it is, but it's like, I'm just like, sleep doesn't, I just don't sleep regularly at all anymore. I know what day it is, but I don't realize how long it's been. Yes. Yeah. Like if someone tells me, well, it's been four weeks. I'd be like, I believe you. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't look it up. Like, sure. It feels like it. Sure does feel like it. Yeah. It's well, we may be in for a much longer haul. Wonder Woman 84 push their movie release date from June 5th to August 14th. Now, there was a lot of debate going on whether or not these big temple films such as Black Widow or Wonder Woman or Mulan would go to a streaming service or a VOD. Uh, there, there are apparently talks happening at Disney whether or not that is a viable option. Nothing's been confirmed. But Warner Brothers has put their foot down and released a statement. 
We, uh, with Paige Jenkins as the, as the voice of the statement, we made Wonder Woman 1984 for the big screen, and I believe in the power of cinema. In these terrible times, when theater owners are struggling, as so many are, we are excited to redate our film to August 14th, 2020, in a theater near you, and pray for better times for all by then. Yeah. I, I think yeah. this is the better thing, because they're standing behind, like, you're going to want to see these movies when we come out. You should go see them at the movie theaters. Yes. Yeah, I definitely. I think this was a good approach, personally. Yeah. Um, CW finales have been delayed. Uh, Supernatural and The Flash uh, Legacies, those delayed their finales mainly because they haven't filmed them. Yes. So they might not even air this year. We don't know. Mm. I mean, they'll probably air this year. We just don't know when this year. Yeah. Probably at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> not much. Where else would it be? We, we don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting as we go further into this how much later TV seasons are going to get delayed, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, theme park closures are going to last until at least August 19th. Uh, yep. Universal and Disney both released statements saying that they're they're not opening on April on April 1st. Uh, they're opening April 19th, hopefully. Uh, Disney's uh, no statement... No way! Disney's statement was indefinite. They are oh, paying I cast mean... members till April 19th. Sorry, April 18th to be specific, because they are going to the end of their pay week. And then they have declared the closure indefinite. They are matching what Universal said for paying cast members, but the the deadline of when they will end the closure is not stated. Oh, I did not notice that. No, they, they declared it indefinite because they don't want people hanging on the line anymore to think they're going to open April 18th, because I don't think they believe it. Their statement was made this week. Universal made theirs a lot earlier. Yeah. So Disneyland's just came in yesterday. Uh, two days ago. Sorry, two days ago. And yeah, they're they're not sure. Yeah. They are not setting and a date. There are still people going to farmers markets. I hope they die. Um, <laughs> sports. We still have to get groceries. Like I, I go to farmers market. Oh, isn't that just like a like a grocery store? No, but with with fruits. It's an outdoor fruit grocery. It's an outdoor fruit like swap meet. You got people touching fruit. You got people out there touching and hugging and shit. That's literally the same as a grocery store. We're all touching bread and I'm stuff. I'm saying too. I don't get I don't I can't I'm not allowed to go to work and I'm not allowed to see my friends. I hope they die. Anyway. <laughs> you don't hope they die. I'm just saying Brandon. uh if when I go to my grocery store and it's all enclosed where the virus stays inside, I feel like I'd rather go outside where it's more it's more free. I think the concern with the farmers market is that when it does that, it's packed on the street. Yes. So people yeah. are like filing down in a smaller avenue rather than having the room in the store yes. to spread so, out. And it's a lot of like open air hands on. So the reason why the farmers market is a little more problematic is because a lot of people can converge. Whereas um, retailers like Costco, they are limiting the amount of people inside their stores at any number of times. Yeah. Like if you were to go to a Costco today, especially my girlfriend's Costco, there's a line out the door to get in because they're trying to limit how many people can get inside. So they all don't just rush the thing. And this whole social distancing uh, thing that has been essentially mandated um, gets ignored. Because when the social distancing first came in, a bunch of people were rushing the stores. They were all packed in the store like sardines. Now they're like, okay, we have to keep people separated. We have to keep people spread out. So we're only allow X amount of people at a time. And when X amount of people leave, they let X amount of people inside. My grocery store has a sign that's saying, please stay six feet away from everyone. We know you have to get groceries, but don't be an asshole. Yeah, Thank you for justifying much. my rage, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like vegetables anyway. I don't care about farmer's markets. <laughs> I don't right. go there. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about, uh, like two weeks ago now, feels like forever, uh, some sports 
are going to take a hit this because of this. Oh um, yeah, opening day was supposed to be on Friday for the ba- for all of baseball, and that did not happen. So we talked about we talked a lot about uh, how channels uh, are going to suffer from this. ESPN has say, said that they're going to start airing old Disney sports movies in place of regular sports, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. They can Alex. also. I I also expect them to start airing some greatest hits. Mm. They, they've already started doing that. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. yeah, ESPN. After the coronavirus hit, when I was still in Arizona, they on the regular ESPN channel they were airing the 1989 um, Stanley Cup. Mm. Uh, miracle. But, well, that was a miracle. That was 1980. I Bro, I don't know. <laughs> Fox uh, is doing something really cool. Is doing virtual NASCAR. So it's like oh. NASCAR NASCAR drivers are, are playing like essentially video games of their cars. That's what doing. sports are doing too. Oh, so oh, that's cool. So yeah. you guys, I know you guys don't care, but I find this freaking hilarious. Um, the mascot for the Los Angeles Kings, he has an Instagram, and he's been taking over the LA Kings uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds. And the what he they have been doing is that they've been playing NHL um, twenty twenty, like the newest NHL game from EA, and they've been playing the people that are supposed to play during the regular season, essentially in a video game. So they put the highlights up like the game actually happened, but just them playing a video game. See, I feel like multi- really, I've seen this multiple I, different what sports. I say, what I was saying is that they're not doing this on the channels yet. Fox is. Oh, okay. Uh, the, that I think that is the next step is that more people will start to do that on like ESPN, Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Like I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah. Um, it's a cool idea. It's a fun way to keep people engaged. Could you imagine if, like, let's say this lasts a while, right? Like, unfortunately, what if, like, an East, like, an actual esports for like athletes become esports athletes? Like, the Lakers become the virtual Lakers, and they play like the the, the Xbox uh, 2K game. That's that's the season. How fucking cool would that be? I think LeBron James mentioned that he's like, let's just play NBA 2K20, and let's just do the season from there. Hilarious and awesome, and everyone would be in, into it. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. So comics had a big week this week. Big big news for comics oh this week. Oh um, lord. We talked a little bit up top about how uh, this is the last new comic book day for a little while, and for a lot of pub. That for a lot of publishers, that is not necessarily the case, Ryan. Um, for example, so so here's what's happening: uh, Diamond is the distributor, is the sole distributor of comic books, um, which I found out recently from a fun little story of why that is, which I thought was cool. But Diamond released a statement: Diamond will cease the distribution of new weekly product until there is greater clarity on the progress made towards stemming the spread of this disease, which means that the distributor of comic books will not be distributing to stores for the entire month of April. And now we have realized uh, why our system sucks and why we need to change it. And this is unfortunate, but maybe it's something that has to happen. Yes. So I'm going to go by. So uh, in response, a lot of companies have, have made uh, re- responses to this. So I'm going to go by company for company so, because they've all done something different. IDW, uh, you know, they've got Transformers and yeah. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic, yes, um, will suspend its May released will suspend its May releases until further notice. So their April releases are probably already printed and already at the at the um, uh, warehouse now. So it's probably unlikely that those are going to. So they can't stop those, but their May releases are going to be suspended. Um, they are going to reduce the amount of comics that are being published through July, so they're not going to publish as many, um, and they're going to offer full returnability, which honestly is the least that anybody could do. 
uh, mm-hmm. the full return ability. Dynamite. Um, we, last week we talked about how what they're going to do, but th- this week they said that they're offering free number ones through Comixology. That's awesome. So all so a lot of their number ones right now, and they will release more, are going to be free on Comixology for the time. That's good. Which I thought I think is really cool. Uh, Dark Horse is doing what I think. I'm with Dark Horse. They're the best. Dark Horse is will not offer digital or physical releases until Diamond redistributes comics. They're just so done. They, They're just done. They will not publish comic books in any format until Diamond until Diamond sends them out. Wow. I, the reason why I agree with that is because if you do if you do what DC is going to do, which we'll get to in a minute, the digital landscape will be ahead of the physical landscape, and it causes yeah. it causes piracy issues and it causes a lot of issues. Um, not it's not the end of comic books if this happens. I'm not saying that, but it does cause some issues. So I'm with Dark Horse on this one. I think this is a smart move. Just not, we're not going to distribute any comic books. Just, we're just on a hold. Yes. Yeah. Um, they say we will not be releasing any comics digitally that are not avail- not also available in print. However, graphic novels and books, because they have Penguin Random House, uh, part of their company, will still distribute because bookstores, some bookstores like Amazon, are still open. So graphic novels and books will still be released. Um, DC Comics took their sweet time. <laughs> to get the statement out. They released it today, didn't they? Like hours ago. It, they released a statement yesterday, and then we got clarity today. Yeah. Uh, so they took their sweet-ass time. DC Comics uh, is released, released... So basically what they did was they released a statement that said nothing. It was a whole lot of nothing. It was very frustrating for me to read. But the biggest thing is that they said they're exploring new distribution methods. Which I don't necessarily disagree with. Yeah. Possibly, obviously means digital, but could mean trying to get print comics into retailers' hands through other means other than Diamond. Hey, man, take Diamond off its pedestal. I don't know if we're going to talk about it after this, but, like, Diamond didn't exist before, and we were still getting comics. Yeah, that's true. Like, they they used to self-publish, and then it was too big and too... It was too much uh, uh, a brain um, fart for Marvel to deal with publishing the books and making the books. They're like, hey, we'll make a middleman so we can just focus on creating. But now look where we are because of that. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, because I want to do something with it, so I don't want to say it on the on the website. The history of Diamond is very fascinating. Um, I just listened to a podcast about it a little bit. Did you? Oh, I'd love to hear it. So if you if you can figure it out, let me know. Um, so yeah, so they are going to explore the other things, and they are going to release their comics on time digitally. So the next, so the April first comic books that were supposed to be com- coming out in print will still be released digitally, which, like I said up top, causes causes an issue with with print comics and piracy. Not going to kill the industry, no way, but it does cause some issues there. Um, yeah. they are going to continue to offer full returnability, uh, which they do anyway. That's good. Um, let's see. If there's a statement I want to real quickly pick uh, put up from the. Uh, I want to get this guy's name right. So it is um, the director of marketing services, Adam Phillips. He posted uh, on the Direct Market Facebook page, uh, which is where a lot of the like industry professionals, such as uh, store owners, can uh, talk about like kind of their grievances of the industry and and try to get some answers from publishers. Um, the state the statement he said here is: Here's where we are on digital. All our data shows the digital consumer and. Uh, and the physical consumer are two different audiences. For now, we're going to continue to release digital comics, but we'll revisit this if the pipeline for physical distribution continues to be challenged and disrupted. It's not a bad thing to do. 
Yeah. Still gets still gets comics in people's hands. Hmm? Um, let's see where where here we go. I lost it. Oh no. Oh no. I clicked the wrong button. Here we are. Oopsie doopsie. We're back. Um. Uh, there it is. The Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. You guys Yay. Don't know what, what don't know what that is? That's a it's a really great service to get people to get uh, writers kind of their writers and illustrators creators their um what they deserve you know the the credit they deserve try to help out with like uh you know health insurance issues and and things like that it's really good they're looking out for the the little guy yeah right um they have launched a website uh that will offer tips to readers like us uh how to support stores during this time and are trying to figure out ways how they can support stores in other ways financially um, which I think is really great. I have a link in the description to their to their website, so if you want to check that out, uh, check that out there. Uh, Boom Studios, Boom is a good company. We like them. Um, they are going to offer full returnability, which is rare. They don't necessarily do that. Um, and this is kind of a patch. I'm not crazy about this, but their variant comics that were supposed to be released during conventions will be available to retailers to buy. So that. that I think that's cool considering there aren't any cons to be those comics to be sold at. I think that's yeah. a nice thing to do. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. what Funko is doing with all their, uh, like the ECC and Wonder Con exclusives. They're just putting them up on their store. Well, it's a little different than that because variant prices can be raised, which gets more, in, this gets more uh, money to the, to the retailers. True. True. So whereas the pop figures are just the regular pop figures. Yeah. The, the um, price gouging doesn't happen until second market anyway. Yeah. Black Mask and TKO Comics. These are smaller companies, and this these guys, I, I like what Dark Horse is doing, but I love what these guys are doing. Black Mask is an awesome is an awesome company. They have a lot yeah. of great books. Yeah. yeah, you they have an online store. If you go to their online store, you can ty- you can type in the description at, when you're checking out, say that I shop normally at let's say Earth Two Comics for me. They will give fifty percent of the profits of that book that you just bought from them online to that store. That's what everyone That's should awesome. be doing. Wow. I don't, I don't understand how no one, uh, everyone isn't doing this. I really I, don't. That is wholeheartedly great, agree. That is like, great. It, like the comic book, uh, uh, the comic book shops, they shouldn't have to rely on the smallest independent publishers to help them. No, Marvel and DC sure. are the bread and butter of comic book shops. Let's be honest. So like yeah. they, the, the fact that they're not helping these shops at all in any way really bums me out. It really bums me out. Yeah, um, me too. I, cause I, I, this is a, I guess, this is a topic. Talk, like di- reading comics digitally, is a is a. It's not a new thing, but it's definitely a generational thing where a lot of our generation doesn't read it. I do because I appreciate it and I know how how technologically awesome it could be doing panel reading. You've read some DC Universe. They actually make it really great to read digital comics. So the the the, the past of shitty digital comics is gone. There isn't. There's not an excuse unless you just don't want to read it on your phone, which is acceptable. In this situation, if you can buy a comic and support the person who wrote it. And you just don't want to because you don't want to read it on your phone. I think that's kind of crappy, like because you're not like you can support them. There are ways to support them. You just don't want to, uh, which is fair. But like, hey man, you, you got to help the people who need it the most, and it's comic book writers and, and artists. Like it's not Marvel and DC. So here's the thing that here's the thing that I don't like about what DC is doing. Um, I get I said I like what Dark Horse is doing. I think Dark Horse is doing it right. We're just not publishing books. When yeah. Diamond distributes again, we will publish again. I wish but everyone did. I, I that's what everyone should be doing. Personally, Um, I think it's great that they're that they're that DC and Marvel are publishing, uh, but they they have 
the ability to support their creators during this time mm -hmm. that other companies like Black Mask don't. Yeah. They can support their creators during this time. And they're just like, we still want that money. So we're just going to still do it. We'll figure out how to do it, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, so I agree. I think that overall, um, I think that the entire industry should just be stopped right now. I think everybody should just stop. I think everything that was like, we were going to release this, you know, April 1st, April, you know, 8th, whatever. Uh, all of that should just go whenever we reopen the country again is when that stuff just rolls out and it gives everybody just like a delay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crappy to think about, but I think that's the situation that everything should be in at this point. I think that there's a lot of kind of pretending like this is going to get resolved sooner than a lot of the medical experts are saying it's going to. Um, and I think that overall, just across the nation, there's just a lot of we don't really know how long this is going to go on because nobody in charge is giving us a definitive answer. They keep just pushing back dates. Um, you know, uh, fortunately for me, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but like fortunately for me at my job, they just agreed to extend my pay up to a certain point. And then past that point, I don't know what will happen, um, even though I'm not able to go into work. And I know from talking with my union how tough that fight was going. Because there's a lot of gears in motion way above our heads, way above my union's heads, uh, way above my managers, all of that about how money's going to get distributed, how long this, uh, this is going to affect the company, how they want to handle it, that kind of thing. And I think that the same thing applies here, that regardless of, uh, you know, the fact that Marvel and DC should be the people who are doing that to support the creators and everything, are the parent companies willing to do that? Are the parent companies will a, in a place where they're willing to make those kind of money decisions because they're having to make it across the entire... And even then, I'm not calling them like, you know, big businesses, bad kind of situation here. There's so much up in the air and so many balls to be tending to. It's very hard to narrow in on who we're taking care of when Yeah. Uh, for all of these people. And and I think that the, the disarray of that only comes further from a sense of having no leadership in our nation about how to tackle this for the industries in general whether it's the comic industry, the entertainment industry, all industries, all industries, <laughs> nobody is getting direction. Yeah. There's no one steering the ship. And without that, it's very hard to negotiate how to take care of people. Yep. And uh, so I, I'm disappointed that Marvel and DC aren't doing that, but I don't, I like, like that they aren't, you know, in a place where they're doing more, taking more initiative. Marvel hasn't but said feel, anything yet. But right? I feel like their hands are tied. Yeah. Because Marvel, they Marvel say, has said something. Marvel, because they, sorry, real quick. Because they can't say uh, anything specific that's going to help the creators. Yeah. Yes. Marvel, without approval. Right. Marvel is offering deep discounts. That's all they're doing. Right. We talked about that yeah. last week. But I mean, like, they can't, you know, it, 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 just like in any other point in our time, look how long, uh, just as an example, look how long the stimulus bill had to be talked about on Congress over and over again for them to grant that something that should seem really obvious to grant right now mm -hmm. to all Americans. Uh, the, think about that on just a smaller scale in all of these companies and them having to haggle and discuss and argue, especially with larger companies, with things that are owned by AT&T or by Disney as a big conglomerate. They have so many different factions they have to look after and they have to discuss all the different levels of how that's going to ricochet across the entire company. Yeah. And that sucks. It just sucks. But it, that's why I feel like the best solution is, so pause, just pause, pause, just stop. Pause, pause. 
Which is why I think Dark Horse is doing the right move. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, I honestly, I bet if it's going to... It's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Like, we have to get worse before it gets better. So I, I want to believe in my heart's heart that after it keeps getting worse, everyone will follow uh, Dark... Is it Dark Horse you said that's Dark doing Horse. this? Yeah, I, I bet if it continues like this and it just escalates like it is, everybody will do this. Because after a while, if you're making comics that aren't coming out, you're just wasting money. Yeah. Just- so the, the issue with, with what DC is thinking about doing is releasing the digital books. Uh if people have already read those digital books, that's not going to drive people back into the stores. But the initial statement is true in some cases, but this could drive the the print audience to the digital audience. They're still making money, though. That is true. But what I'm saying is the retailers won't. And so the 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 issue with the statement that DC released, and one of the statements that, that a lot of these companies have released, is that they're always saying that the retailers are the lifeblood of the industry. They are. They're the re- they're they're the lifeblood of this industry for as long as they're going to be around, um, and if if you are not doing something to help them, and this digital initiative doesn't do anything to help the retailers, then you are you are almost dooming the lifeblood of this industry. Yeah, um, that's the I problem. Think, I I agree. I yeah. but I think that we're also still just in we are in the midway of a decision that's actually being made. This is the this is the half step that they're saying right now that probably next week when we talk again is going to be different because the situation will have evolved and they'll have actually conversed and changed minds about it. But um, I I think that it, I don't think it ultimately will change much because I don't think a lot of people who are getting pull lists and going to their local comic shops a lot who are buying the single issues in print, I don't think they're suddenly going to start picking up all the DC digitals, whether it's just because they want to stay loyal to the comic shop and keep getting their pull list as they planned or if it's because uh, because they don't consider the story that relevant to be following, that they need it right now in the digital form in order to keep up. Or it's also just lots of people don't have the money to spare right now. They have to plan for, for an unknowable future. Yeah. And they can't just be throwing out money on digital comics right now yeah. uh, in, when they want to get the print ones. It'd be like, you know what, I'm going to hold off that $4 that costs the exact same until I can get a print edition that also comes with a digital code inside. Yeah. Right. I this cannot same, believe digital comics cost the same. This Sorry. Is the same, this, is the same, this is the same issue uh, when people were talking about how, oh, just put... Wonder Woman 84 on, on VOD for $50. Like, I'm not spending $50 to rent Wonder Woman 84. I don't know how long I'll have that $50. I'll need that $50 for it. There's no way. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. because a lot of people, because we don't have the guarantee of rent being frozen. We don't have the guarantee of utilities being stopped. It hasn't happened in our state. It hasn't happened nationwide. My bank account is just draining. Right. Everyone's bank account is just draining at this point. No, Ben, you have a job. I don't. Oh, <laughs> but a lot, but right. a, lot of, a lot of people in those situations aren't being tended to. And until all the fires can be put out everywhere, the, you know, things like this are going to slip through the cracks until it gets to the point where they're like, okay, we have to, we have to plug this one up now. Yeah. We have uh, to pay actual attention to it because right now they're just putting band-aids on while they tend to something else. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very active on Twitter, obviously. Uh, I say it all the time, but like comics Twitter, uh, I've been following a bunch of people as they talk about the DC thing of they are doing phys- or they are doing digital. And a lot of the people I follow are not going to buy those books. He's like, I don't, I don't read digital comics. I'm not going to pick up Batman number 93 digitally. When I have the, first, the last six issues physically, like we're not yeah, going yeah, to midway through, through an arc start that. And I agree with that. I wouldn't either. Um, I buy digital books very infrequently, whether it's usually just sales or um, the last time I bought a digital book was Marvel Legacy. Remember that, that, that double size, like, 
like yeah. the rebirth issue. Yes. I bought that at midnight because I couldn't wait to read it. Uh, now was the last time. Now was three years ago. And and I almost never ever buy single issues digitally. I yeah. I, I almost always go for trades. Yeah, they're usually I, cheap. I, I'm old school. I don't get. I hardly get anything digitally unless. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get like stuff digitally. I like holding it in my hands personally. Uh, my biggest thing that I get with digitals and things I look out for on the sales are, are trade collections that are not in print. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have to shell out $80 or more to get that book yeah. or I can spend $8 and have it digitally so I can just read it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are some good things that DC is trying, is, is doing right now. There's something that they're, that they're doing that I want to highlight that I think is really cool. Uh, they're doing something called DC kids camp. Um, which is on their Twitter and Instagram page. They're getting a bunch of like their their you know their imprint DC kids. A lot of those creators, Jean uh, Leon Yang, Jean Yang, Jean Yang, the writer of Superhero Girls and uh, Green Lantern Legacy. Like those creators are doing like classes for kids on their Instagram and Twitters. And if you can sign up to their newsletter, they'll send you coloring pages and. Uh, uh, preview pages for comics and things like that oh. to to kind of get kids engaged in this comic book community throughout this time. I think that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, so like there's there's coloring books and shit like that. I think that's really cool. Um, so let's move on to some good news, some happy news. We actually have happy news for once. Yeah, let's let's get our minds off of the horribleness of our country. Um, Lupin the Third, the first, has an American has a North American distribution deal Ooh. Uh, but no release date no release date this is uh g kids has uh acquired the north american deal for lupin the third the first which is the full title of the movie um so and we'll find out the release date soon hopefully but that's cool i, I know you guys are excited yes. for that movie yeah oh 100 percent. yeah um like a comic book g spot spoiled for us uh castlevania was renewed for a fourth season yes it was very excited about that that's oh, yeah. really cool I mean, after that ending, you kind of need a fourth season. Yeah. Um, Dragon's Lair, the fa- the famous video game Dragon's Lair. One of the hardest games of all time. It's real hard, and they make it hard, so you waste coins. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in talks to star in a live-action adaptation coming from Netflix. Wait, isn't that the game that Don Bluth helped animate? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's the game where you just, like, move, oh. like, you up, down, left, or right, uh, yeah. and it's a hand-drawn animated video game. It's awesome. It's incredibly hard, but it's like it was revolutionary at the time. No, I've I seen uh, being like like a, like a comedy fantasy thing that he's in. No, when Fra- before Frankenstein's changed locations, they had a little arcade and they had a uh, Dragon's Lair 20th anniversary cabinet there. That I wanted tough, to, I wanted to play it, but I didn't have enough. I didn't have quarters. The game's super cool. Like so, instead of um, it telling you like oh press A or press B. Um, it'll like your sword will glow for half a second and you have to hit the button that's the sword button to do the thing. So mm-hmm. it's just, it looks like an animated movie and things just light up when you do them. It's really cool, but again, it's super hard and frustrating and it, it's one of the, the most money-hungry games of all time. So I've heard. Yeah. But the it's cool though. gorgeous. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ryan Reynolds doing live action. What do we think about that? Like, is it weird to do a live action version? Why not do an animated version? Uh, no, I, 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 I could see it because it's they already have the animated version. It's it, that's that's an animated movie, Brandon. Oh, I know. I mean, like, but not like in that animation. You can't mimic the style of Don Bluth. Um, no, but you can do something like CG animated, something like that. Uh, live action. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad choice. I was just kind of like to see. I want more live action fantasy, personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, true. Um, I, I would think, especially since uh, Ryan Reynolds is really coming into his own as a comedy actor as well, I think that would be really good for him to to do a live what, is, what do you mean by that? Because he's been a comedian actor for 20 years. Oh, okay, fine. He was he's, in Van Wilder. You're right, you're right. Popular. Okay. <laughs> he's been popular for a long time. No, he means like A-list popular, not B-list popular. Yeah. Isn't Deadpool like a huge movie? That's what no, he means. No, that's what... He was on over the past few years when Deadpool hit. Before that, he was B-list. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. I've been following him for a long time, but I, I guess he is more popular now. I mean, before Deadpool really came out and I was I knew Ryan Reynolds' name, I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy who played Van Wilder. Now yeah. I know his name. I mean, it's true. Before Deadpool, he was just mostly doing rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It's true. Those are mixed great movies. Um, so we, real quick correction. We talked last week about Ahsoka Tano being cast for Rosario Dawson being cast in uh, Mandalorian. It is not for season three. It is, in fact, for season two. Uh, oh. Even though they're done, fil- they're done filming. The casting announcements are just starting to kind of leak out. It looks That's like. always how it happens. Yeah, um, Michael Bean has been cast in season two of The Mandalorian as a bounty, a bounty hunter. Yeah, I love Michael Bean. That's really cool. Michael Bean, uh, Kyle Reese, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Reese from the first Terminator film. Uh, and oh, he's in, okay. He's in Aliens. Uh, yeah, that's gotcha. really cool. I'm excited for that. that I was about to say because really we said Kyle Reese. I'm like, wait, which one? He's also in uh, Robert Rodri- Robert Rodriguez's uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Planet Dread, Planet Terror, uh, that Planet double Terror. A Grindhouse double feature. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like him a lot. That's really cool. That's, that should be really exciting. Yeah, he's a hard. He's like he's got like a good hard edge to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I realize I put this in the wrong place. Actually. Who actually? Oh, I thought you had more. Also, oh, um, uh, remind me the name of the Ahsoka. Uh, Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein. She came out about. She came out about this. Oh, um, she did, yes. Yeah, and, and I love her response because she's like, yes, I've been playing Ahsoka Tano for like 16 years, but it's never only been me. We have always been a team of people. The writers make Ahsoka. The directors make Ahsoka. It's not just me. So I love passing the character on. And I think well, that's awesome. Well, what she also what she also said was was kind of like, you know, say there's a rumor out. that it, it, that's So apparently there is talks, and even she doesn't know if this is true or not, which I thought was really telling. Yeah. Um, but I, I, do, I do hold... I do hold that if there is an Ahsoka Tana TV show coming, it's Ashley Eckstein or no one. Only if it's animated. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's, it yeah. would be animated because I don't think Filoni would would want to do a live action Ahsoka series without Ashley Eckstein. Rebels do. It's Rebels do. Rebels two is better be animated because I need to have some some of those characters look looked and sound like those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, because I mm, Thrawn. Anyway. I love Thrawn. I'm not there yet. Um, so we have some unrelated comic books news. This is the stuff that I thought should have been a little bit earlier. Um, I wanted to bring this up. I thought this was really interesting. Rick Remender recently uh, put out, I guess, a lot of. Uh, um, He's in quarantine too. He's going through all his old shit. I've looked. I've shit. looked at every single tweet of his. And it's really, it's really interesting. But one of the things that stuck out was confirmation of something that has been riled on for a long time. A mandated Inhumans storyline. Yes, that's why you left. The the Inhumans were trying to... The time they were trying to build up the Inhumans. Uh, We always kind of knew that that was was happening. No, not not to the degree that a lot of people were saying they're trying to phase out the X-Men for the Inhumans. Uh, They were just trying to build up the Inhumans more. But I thought that was interesting that a creator finally came out and said, this is what was actually happening, that there was mandated Inhumans storyline in regards to the X-Men. I thought that was interesting. Yes, um, he... He has talked about in the past, he hasn't never said it this specifically, but for years, since he's left Marvel, he's talked about how 
how the, the, the editors always got in the way of him telling a story he wanted to tell. And he never went into details, but he is very vocal about he hates Marvel and he hates DC. He was just asked, like, hey, Hickman's doing this big thing. Would you ever come back? And he's like, never. I absolutely would never go back because there was something so special about writing your own song instead of telling someone else's, uh, singing someone else's song. And I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I still think he wrote maybe the best X-Men story ever written with Uncanny X-Force. That is a seminal run that everybody loves. Um, he was also offered the entire X-Run before Hickman was, and he turned it down. And I respect that so much. As much as I... Uh, Hickman's a very cynical writer. I know. Uh, I know Brandon. You're, the stuff I've read, uh, I've given to you to read of his, is not always landed 100 percent because he is he is a very uh, a glass half empty kind of person. You mean Remender. That's what I said. Remender. You, no, you, you said, said Hickman. Did I say Hickman? I'm you sorry. Uh, Remender. Yes. Uh, Remender's a very cynical type writer, uh, but he gets to the core of emotions. That's why I like him a lot. Um, and I, I like a lot of his stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't want. Uh, the cynical, his, his cynicalness to take over the entire run, because uh, we had that's been all of X Men for a long time is them just getting killed a lot, um, and he's good at that. But I don't want more of that. Um, did Uncanny Avengers, right? Yes, that book. That I book like is very divisive. I like that book a lot. Yeah, I like that book. I had a, I had a book, good time. The, the Apocalypse book. Twins, dude, like Rogue and like man, yeah, that book's awesome. Daniel Cuna yeah, does the art. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that book. I like Remender. I like a lot of his stuff. Uh, yeah. But you're right. He he does get a little too cynical for me sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. Me too. Was he offered? Was he offered before Hickman? Like, was he yes. offered like a while ago, or was it like we asked Remenda first and then we asked Hickman? Well, Remenda's been working. Hickman has been working on this for years. So yeah. like, so like Hickman. Damn it, Remenda was probably asked before Hickman at the same time because Rick has, Rick has been gone from the company and they wanted to bring him in just like Hickman left the company. But Hickman is like, you let me do what I want and I will come back. And I don't think they had the same deal with Remender, unfortunately. That's too bad. It is or they, too bad. Or they might have, and he just said, I don't believe you. Or he or his idea was was too extreme and they didn't want to go that way. Yeah. I love I love what Hickman's doing. Like this is such an interesting approach. Like I this Remender would never have done something like this. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is which is they're different people. It's cool. Um so in all this news, Dark Horse has announced that there is a new comic book coming out from God of War. Um, real quickly though, God of it's not the only thing. God of War um, Dark Horse is publishing a book called God of War Lore and Histories, I think it's called, uh, which is basically Atreus's journal. Oh, all right. So it's just publishing Atreus's journal, which I, I think is really cool. That's cool. Um, but God of War Fallen God, written by Chris Robertson and with art by Tony Parker, out June 24th, maybe. Um, God of War Fallen God follows Kratos after conquering Zeus and thwarting Athena, believing himself to be finally free of his bondage he sets sail for the desert in an attempt to distance himself from his home and his shame only to find his rage and guilt follow close behind kratos rages against the one foe that has proven to be unconquerable himself but a war against oneself is unwinnable and only invites madness so this is just after god of war 3 and leading into god of war 4 which i think okay. is cool that's yeah, a good creative cool. team that is a good creative too i like chris Ro chris robertson yeah yeah i like him um it's it's always this way with like tie-in books like it's a tie-in if it was important it'd be in the game you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like i want this to be good i i'll wait for the reviews to pick it up to be honest they did the last god of war story i picked it up in trade i have not had a chance to read it yet so i can't say if it was good or not mm -hmm. um but i am interested in these in the story of between the two god of war games yeah. i'm definitely more interested in like how he becomes norse norse daddy yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm Ben yawned and it made his mic crackle. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. 
Um, I forget which side my microphone is on. I'm like, is it this way? Is it that way? I don't know. Uh, it's on so, your left. Yeah. All right, Sam. Sam Wilson. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, Solar Opposites is the trail is the only trailer that came out came out this week. This is Yo. Justin Roiland's new new show. You you son of a beasting! You forgot the best news of the week. Yeah, I was gonna say we got one other news, bro. So near the it first happened. It happened yes last the, night. The, <laughs> so the first near is getting remastered. The first near is getting remastered for the PS4 and Xbox One, and near Automata is coming to Game Pass next week. Oh, that's awesome. It is extremely awesome. I have not played the first Nier. So as someone who adores Automata, I cannot wait to play that first game. Also, so this is the sequel to Dragon Guard? Yes. <laughs> also, a Nintendo Direct Mini came out this week. It did. It did. Not a whole bunch of things. I mean, they straight up said at the very beginning of the Direct saying, like, okay, we know COVID-19 is a thing. These games may get pushed back a little bit because people won't be able to pick them up. But for now, this is their, these are their release dates. Uh, we got uh, some Animal Crossing news. We got some. Uh, the next Smash character is going to be a character from Arms. We don't know exactly who that's going to be yet. There are so many characters that we want. Who gives a shit about Arms? I don't. Only, only Nintendo does. They want to. They're pushing that game so hard. Nobody likes that game. Nope. Uh, yeah, uh, but give us like want... Goku. <laughs> give us somebody cool. I don't know. Give us Sora. That would be awesome. Yeah. That, that, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, Give me so, the Riku skin. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Give us actually Cuphead. Give us actually Cuphead, yeah. Give us actually Cuphead and not a freaking me Gunner skin. That would be so much or, How much was it, like 50 cents or something? What was it? Yeah, yeah. It's like 50 cents. It's I mean, so dumb. Uh, uh, but besides that, a few other games got announced, like um, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition for the Switch is coming with a really cool art book. That game looks dope, dude. It, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Also, the Definitive Edition comes with like an extra story, so it adds more to the original game, which is good. Um, Isn't there a Legend of Dragoon remake happening too? Panzer Dragoon, yeah. Panzer Dragoon, dude, that game is so cool. That's like Star Fox, but with dragons. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we'll Brandon, you would love that game. Oh, Imagine yeah. Star Fox, but you're on a dragon. Oh no, I know, I know. And also Ring Fit uh, Adventure. Okay. No, also Fan was telling me because uh, Ring Fit Adventure also added had a huge uh, update yesterday or this week, where they added a, a new mode called. It's kind of like a DDR dancing mode. But of course, one of the big songs is "Jump Up Superstar" from Super Mario Odyssey. I saw a video and, of it; it's cute. Yeah, we both of us played that last night during when we did our Ring Fit workout. It's actually really fun. That's awesome. I love I I love that that Ring Fit is one actually really good and it's successful. Yeah, uh, because like it's only Nintendo puts out these weird things that actually turn out to be okay half the time. Yeah, yeah. So besides that, there's the um, Panzer Dragoon is coming out. Uh, Trials of Mana is coming out later this month or later in April, hopefully. Uh, but besides that, nothing big to to talk about on the Nintendo Direct. So because it was the Nintendo Direct Mini, not it wasn't a big one. Oh yeah, and also, and also they had a um, they talked about the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass yep. for the first one, which is Isle of Armor. They talked about there's new Pokemon in it and all this other cool and all this other stuff, which it looks cool. But I'm actually kind of really over Pokemon Sword. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I expected to play that game way more than I did. Uh, I put a couple hours in. And I'm like. Oh yeah, it's Pokemon. I I don't know if it's just my age or what, but I'm 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 just done with Pokemon. It's not like your age, and it's the game. They've been making the same game for 25 yeah. years. I feel like I'm. That's what it is. I'm I'm done with Pokemon. I, I feel I like to do something different, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but anyways, uh, of course, Sword and Shield have their fans, which is good for good, and the expansion pass looks really cool. 
I'm definitely probably not going to be putting money into it anytime soon because I want to put my money into Trials of Mana, Final Fantasy VII, and all these other games that are coming out. So, right. and and the difference is between like people uh, who buy like comics digitally or physically, you can buy a video game digitally; it's the exact same. Yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing True. is like the highest selling game right now digitally because no one's out there buying it, but we're all playing it. I yeah. just want to remind everyone that right now you could go on the PlayStation Store and you could buy the entire Kingdom Hearts story from the beginning all the way up to hundred dollar value for the exact same price as the DLC for Kingdom Hearts three. The exact oh. same price. Thirty dollars. I for know what I'm doing. Everything. That is everything. like in terms of deals. That's like the best video game deal like ever. That you get so much the, shit for 30 bucks. Are you kidding me? Dude, that God. is without a doubt the best video game deal ever. I bought these games when they came out. And that's like, if I would have just waited months on it, I could have had everything. Yeah. And people were stuck in quarantine. So it's like, I got nothing but time. And these are, and Kingdom Hearts is a 30, 40 plus hour game. Does, does the everything collection come with the DLC? No. Okay. But my point being that you get all these games that no, are I know. much longer in content, even just like <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 itself. Yeah being in that deal package for that price i'm just surprised that that's not that that is that's not included in that i thought it would have been because that came out months ago then it would have been more yeah. yeah all right solar opposites oh yeah yeah <laughs> i like rick and morty a whole lot yeah this is the justin roiland this is co-created by justin roiland who is the co-creator sorry this is created by justin roiland who is the co-creator of rick and morty mm -hmm. uh dan Harmon is not a part of this one um it is uh gonna be released may 8th on hulu and honestly i already thought it was may so you know yeah right it's um, definitely not may but i'm definitely gonna watch this when it comes out and it's it's all episodes it's not gonna be a week week by oh week is by it really week. okay all episodes streaming. all episodes uh, the second really it, funny. it's definitely not may because i haven't seen justin timberlake anywhere <laughs> well you can't go outside so you're not gonna see him it's it's gonna be who knows <laughs> it's gonna uh, be i don't know uh, Justin Roiland is the voice of Rick and Morty, right? Yes, he does both yeah. voices. Yeah, uh, he's the he's the voice in this one, and you can totally tell. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's the I, same I, animation I, style. Yeah, um, I, I am interested in this because I really like the the comedic style of Justin Roiland. Um, the, the main alien guy just seems like an alien Rick to me. Yeah, like like very much so. I'm just like, uh, okay. It's like it it almost. It almost feels like they should have just committed to this is a a spinoff in the Rick and Morty universe and, about these other characters. Yeah, as we and we talked about it before, I wouldn't be surprised if Rick and Morty show up for like half a second later yeah. in the season just to be like, oh, it may it actually is connected, but like it's not important. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the Rick, style or Rick just shows up, says something, and then he portal guns out of there. Yeah, like a well, background. Well, well, what's interesting is that it, it's kind of, it's almost like you know. Uh, if if Rick and Morty are kind of him putting on voices, this alien character is just his voice. Yeah. So it's like it's like Seth MacFarlane doing Brian. Like it's just uh, his voice. I don't know if you've heard what Justin Roiland sounds like. He does not sound like that guy. No, he does not. No, he has like he's he has a like, much better voice actor. Than I no, he kind of actually he sounds more like Morty than anything. Really, I didn't know. I oh, thought he sounded yeah. more like this guy. I've only no. heard him in one ever one interview. So he I, has a much higher pitch than a lower pitch. Yeah. Um, uh, it looks funny. It looks really good. Yeah. A lot of mm -hmm. a lot of bird deaths. Yeah, it's definitely got that that like sick sense of humor. Where it's like, hey, like, oh, don't hope you don't get offended by shit. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's all the that's all we got uh, for, the, one, for the one one trailer. Shall we get into our review then? Oh, I'm so excited! Let's talk about this Let's movie. Do it. <laughs> all right. So as we as this last week, guys, we're the seem to be the only people who have seen Mulan twenty two weeks in a row. How are we the only people to see these movies? I, I, I don't know. know. 
don't, I don't know. know. So someone's got those Disney connections, and, and they're like, in, "Okay, we're here, in here LA go. too. Like we, you know, people, guys, guys, go to the movies. Like they're still open. You know what it was? I think it's. I think it's. They knew we were interviewing Mark Guggenheim even before we saw a Quiet Place Part Two, and they're like, "We have to get these guys in it. We know they're <laughs> gonna be. They're gonna have at least twenty-seven articles written about them in the next three days. Can we please get these movies to them <laughs> through nine websites? Through nine websites. Yeah." Uh, but anyway, so full spoilers for Mulan 2020. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, going going forward, this is the latest from Di- from Disney's live action remakes. Uh, let's go around the horn. What do we think about this initial thoughts? Sparks, you go first. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was uh, it was more or less what I expected. So I went in and I liked it. That's basically okay. best I can give you, Ryan. If you guys have seen every other live action remake, then you know what you're getting yourself into. That being said, I would be more, I'm more positive than negative, but like not, not a lot. Uh, I'll go next. I, th- I felt it was uh, much like Peach Dragon, you know, was almost completely different than the source material. Well, not completely different. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air to not have to see the exact same story on screen. It was, I was going to say, Pete's Dragon is probably arguably the best yeah. of the modern remakes, so I was going to say, that's real high praise. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't say it's as good as Pete's Dragon, but, you know, for me, it might be up there. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites, only because they tried to do something so drastically different. It's very tonally different, which I really did appreciate. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, uh, ben? Hey, at least this one was, like, really fun and had a lot of fun action scenes. It wasn't like... It, it definitely was... It, they tried... You can tell that they tried to be different from the animated film, but it, it's still it's that it's the animated film, just with a lot less Eddie Murphy. Uh, you, Murphy. Unfortunately, like you with these movies, like you almost know what you're getting into every time. Yeah. And like, I was really hoping for more surprises in this one, and I and again, like I like this movie, but like I'm just like ah, you guys had so much opportunity. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, the choreo- the choreography of all the fight scenes is the and... fights are the best part. Yeah. I think the fights. Like, this is the best like Disney fight movie, maybe. Like, yeah. What other big Disney movies besides like Star Wars have big action scenes? Like, this is like I thought it was, uh, the Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Mulan sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell they tried to make this into like a uh, somewhat a crouching tiger, hidden dragon source deal with like the crazy fight scenes, like when you saw the uh, like the first scene in the movie where this essentially Shang Tsung is attacking the, the Great Wall, and he's trying to... And they and like, it's like, shot for shot, but like it's a little stretched out with like cooler fight scenes. But that line with that one actor who goes, like, now all of China knows you're here, and goes, good. They, they, they leaned into the mysticism a little too hard in this movie, which was my mm-hmm. biggest fear from the get-go. And because I feel like they, they couldn't... Again, it's, this was my big fear. They couldn't just rely on it being a war movie. They had yeah. to make it... Oh, we can't have the talking dragon, but we're gonna have a witch who transforms into multiple animals. Like, dude, come on! I did, we're gonna have like a crazy, a crazy dream sequence with the with the uh, emperor and the phoenix and Mulan's well, watching the, the phoenix the fly about, through. The whole thing about the witch. I mean, I I agree with the I agree with them. It's like, you know, if you're not going to do Mushu justice, like, look, if you we had the same thing with Aladdin. Like, if you're not going to do Genie justice, don't do Genie. But you have to do Genie with Aladdin. You don't have to do Mushu with, with, with Mulan. Yeah. So you can easily take Mulan, you can easily take Mushu out of Mulan a lot easier than you can with the Genie. It's with true. Genie, it works for me. Will Smith is great as the Genie. And he does his own. If you're not going to be able to do the same, find someone who pays tribute to Eddie Murphy while also making it his own, if you're not going to do that, don't do it. 
You can easily take it out. Did you guys like 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 the? I guess you call it a cameo of like a guy who was like wearing like dragon pajamas and he was kind of goofy for like like I thought that was cute in like a way of like oh look that guy's like he that's Mushu haha <laughs> but like he's not yeah, a nice that, reference it's a nice that's what I, reference and then the other side of the street you see the guy wearing purple ones like the cricket. Okay, but what oh. I thought was on the nose was how frequently, because I think it's literally six times where Mulan's having a moment, and then she looks over and there happens to be a stone dragon. Oh, uh. I will say like the first two or three times, I'm like, that's cute. But then uh, there was one specific like zoom in. I'm like, okay, Mulan. We're like, like no, out of its way to like prioritize it in the frame. Like You're a like, Sam Raimi, like zoom in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we know, we know. <laughs> we get it. There's, it. There's a stone dragon. dragon there. Oh my gosh. You know what it is? I think they're trying to play off that like thing that ran around on the internet for a while where they said, well, the stone dragon was Mulan the whole time. <laughs> there, no, that's a thing because there's a, there's like a, it, it's a, it's a reasonable argument in the anime film where like the framing composition okay. actually illustrates that in all the hardest moments that she makes, there are references visually to the stone dragon statue. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay. Cool. To say that she's the one who's protecting the family and that the spirit of the stone dragon actually, the reason that, that the statue crumbled and everything is because the spirit went with Mulan. That's, yeah, okay. And okay. was not Mushu. And that's a reasonable argument, but I think they went too, for it too hard on the nose in the live action. I agree with that. Although, okay, so the montage scene, I knew we weren't going to get any singing, but I did like how they took the music from Make a Man Out of You into the montage yeah. scene. That the was music, a good reference without actually cues. like. The musical cues, reflections, make a man out of you. Like mm -hmm. they, they weave the or the orchestral versions of those songs so well into the music. Well, and I think it's still cool that we got Jackie Chan in the chorus doing the Mandarin version of it. That was cool. That uh, was cool. cool. I appreciated the shit about he, that. Did they say that in the credits? Yeah, because it's it, yeah. he did it for the animated one yeah. too, and so he did, he did it for this. I didn't know that. They didn't. I didn't. So for those cool. of you, so those of you who don't know. Uh, Jackie Chan is a really is a really popular pop pop singer in in China, and yeah. he was the voice of uh, General Chang in 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 the Chinese cuts of of, of Mulan, and he does. He was of super cool. Man. He uh, went back and sang "I'll Make a Man Out of You" for I don't know. If, obviously, it wasn't for the main cut of the movie, but it was definitely for like a like the end credit sort of thing. You know what? I no, was, I was... you hear his chorus of him oh, doing yeah. Mandarin in the montage. Just oh the yeah, chorus. yeah, yeah. I was talking about the original animated film. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I see what you're saying. He's got yeah, yeah, the voice. But for this one, hearing him sing in the chorus, I was like, oh. So I didn't know. I, 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 so I recently watched The Mask of Zorro, and The Mask of Zorro has something which I miss in movies, which is the pop songs, except for the, <laughs> the theme songs at the end of the movie. Um, I think uh, I think that song's awesome. In this movie, if they wanted to do Donny Osmond and Jackie Chan duo <laughs> in the credits, I wouldn't have been opposed but they sure. chose not to. I'm a little bit country and I'm a little bit Mandarin. <laughs> um, uh, I I really missed the Yao King of the Rock moment. Oh, uh, I didn't yeah. expect him to do it in live action, but it's a good beat. I'll so here's the thing. like I didn't even think about it. I think the absence of it doesn't bother me because I didn't really think about it because I think the structure of the movie still works without it. It would have been cool, but like so I don't think I'd, it's necessary. I'd agree with you if they didn't do the nod to her bathing in the lake, coming out and then saying, I don't want to see a naked man again, and then tons of live-action naked butts run past the screen. If we're going to get that, why can't we get Yao King of the Rock? Uh, sure. Well, and that moment does does kind of take the tone away from what they're trying to go for. I will, I I will wholeheartedly agree with that. I personally, if we're talking about things I missed, I missed Mushu on the on the panda. Uh, so yeah. now you're now sure. you are Mushu. Now you no, are. No, I don't. I just miss it. 
Yeah. Sure. But like I've always like I've always said, if you're going to do these remakes, do something different. Don't do the same thing. All right. So we. I'll go then. Oh no, because I was gonna say one thing I did like because you know how in the anime, remember the anime movie where um um the the three guys uh Yao, Chen and oh god I forget. Jen Po and the you know the guys who eventually like make fun of uh, Mulan at first, but they all become best friends at the end of the movie, and they yeah. all cross dress and they get and they sneak inside the Imperial castle. Yeah, the way they did that scene in this one, I thought it was pretty freaking hilarious. It's really but, funny, especially like when Yao is like when you see Yao and he's all like buff and like bro, but you like he's like he's turned effeminate. He's walking by, he's like the hottest of the three, and then so, that one yeah. Mongolian warrior goes is trying to hit on him, and then he just like punches him straight out. I think the trailer mis- misjudged the tone of this one. This yes. movie's funny. It, it's yeah. it's really odd because it, it presents itself as like a war movie, but it has like a comedic undertone almost all the way through it. But it feels like a serious movie, so it's like I find the tone like eighty percent of the time works. Like I thought, like yeah, the the like when all of them are cross dressing going into there, I thought that's really funny. But there's also scenes where stuff like that's happening outside, and I don't think it it fits the scene that it's I in. Mean, they try they try to blend a crouching tiger hidden hidden dragon style action war movie with a Disney animated comedy, and I think for the most part they do find a happy medium. But sometimes yeah. they tip one way or the other too far. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, did, sorry, it it just got it crossed my mind. Did you guys catch? the um the easter eggs when um uh, the witch and i i don't i know his name is not really shang sung but essentially shang sung <laughs> yeah are in the, the challenge tent. oh you mean yeah. Bor- do you mean you oh, mean the guy who's supposed to be sean Yu? yeah Sha- why am i calling him shake oh wait I just his name in this one is bori khan yeah he's a con yeah yeah okay when you see the con and the witch and the, they're looking on maps and one of the maps there's like two separate maps. Like they're like, I will control all the world. One has Agrabah, but if you if I noticed it, the I, I can't believe I noticed it. But there's another map that has the Beast's Castle. Ah, uh, look, I didn't like it because I felt like that bit was done better in Aladdin. Yeah, that's 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 one something I want to bring up about. Oh, my finger looks funny doing that. Um, so when we reviewed Aladdin, I think I think we all agreed that the main character Aladdin wasn't like the best part of the movie. He was kind of almost like left behind a little bit. Do you guys feel that way about Mulan and this? Like, I don't think it's that severe, but I, I don't think it's so. like every okay. I I just I thought the other the other characters had better dialogue, and it's it's weird. I feel the same thing. I think, about I think her dialogue is stilted, but her acting is good. Okay, then, I think yeah. she carries the film fine. Okay, I don't blame her for the dialogue feeling stiff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, she gets into, like, like, is like, um, how'd you guys feel that? <laughs> How'd Mulan you guys- very fundamentally is a straight man. Sorry, Mulan very fundamentally is a straight man. Yes, essentially, uh, like that's that's the thing is that like in the anime one it works because there's Mushu for comedy. Yes, and she's straight man to that. She has no comedic companion in this other than the the trio. Yeah, but that doesn't really balance the same. And they're because not in she it does the so time. much solo action on her own, so she's just straight. Yeah. Right. Sorry, go. Guys- how'd you guys feel about uh, the change to Mulan's character about her? wanting to learn how to fight but not like so in the original one she doesn't know how to fight at all and then she goes she joins the army and she's and she's like and she's bubbling whereas this one she's like oh no this, she, she could fight how'd you guys oh, yeah, she, was like, she was like born to fight yeah i mean she, I think, like, how'd you guys feel about that so i think i think i i do think it's not done well but there is like there is a talk that she has with her father about like oh i tried to train you when you were young but you weren't ready so, but it's like almost like a throwaway line where I'm like, that's an important line. Yeah. Like, 
Well, so no, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a similar change to Beauty and the Beast changing Belle to be the, the one who likes science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're, giving, you're giving these characters... Well, you think you're doing is servicing a what should be a quote-unquote strong female character, but you really just take something away from the narrative of the movie. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with the choice, but I can see it. It, it gets a little um, haphazard. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how much I liked Sean Yu in the anime one till I saw this, and I'm like, this guy... Jason Scott Lee's not doing a bad job, but he doesn't carry the gravitas and weight that Sean Yu did. Well, Sean it sounds like, scary. you know what this sounds like? Jafar. Jafar, I know. <laughs> but I don't think he was doing as bad a job. Like, I don't think he was bad in the role. I don't think the role was given the opportunity to carry the the weight of fear yeah. that Sean Yu had whenever he appeared on screen. There he is, looked scary. There and they that, took uh, that away to give those elements to the witch. And yeah. I didn't like that. I agree. They, yeah. they kind of if they kind of make the witch almost like the main bad guy and he's like the final boss, but he's not in the movie enough to feel like a final well, boss. The witch, well, the witch is the one who's pulling the strings. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I did, yeah. I did not need the six and a half minute fight between Bori Khan and Jet Li. I did not need it because I know Jet Li's the emperor and that's nice as a cameo, but we didn't need him to fight. I will say the first like half of the fight's cool, but then they like they bust out the doors and they continue to fight. I'm like, oh no, this scene should have ended. Uh, it, felt, it, felt, it felt like the the i feel like people exaggerate when they talk about yoda in attack of the clones and he starts fighting yeah how dramatic of a shift that is this felt like that exaggeration yeah. where he's the the emperor and he's presented as this elder man and then he's doing crazy oh he's like jumping tiger yeah he's like jumping too much panels. too much because they yeah. because the plot hinges on mulan being able to go and defend the emperor and it they can def- the emperor can defend himself he, he's the boss mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah, it's like the, well the it's like I mean we get we do get some good dialogue scenes where um, he's like bow to me and the emperor is just like dropping those those classic uh, animated lines of like FB, I'm not going to move or the, no matter how hard the no wind matter how howls, much the wind howls the mountain, the mountain. will not bow. He, he, stuff, yeah. that's a good delivery I think it's yeah, stuff like that and then when he finally just, and then when uh, um, Shan Yu finally just has enough to swings the sword and he ducks and he's like okay let's do this and that like the first half of that fight scene I'm like yeah kick his ass and then it's like. Can we, can we stop? I mean, like when it's they like finally... watching, it's like it's like watching Jet Li and Jackie Chan fight in the Forbidden Kingdom. Like it's it's there to it's there for fan service, but it overstays its welcome. Yes, uh, at a point. Yes, um, I I still don't know how I feel about uh, the the what what is his name in the anime movie? I, I, I should have rewatched the it. the romance interest in Mulan originally is is Shang, right? Yes, Shang. okay, Lee mm-hmm. Shang. Okay, the fact that they cut his character in half yeah. between being the commander and then also being a love interest character was weird. And I don't know... I thought they were going to get rid of the love interest character altogether, and I honestly would have preferred that. But they that. didn't. But they didn't. I'm going to look up the names again, Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah. It's uh, So, Chen Chen is the uh, recruit that uh, is Mulan's love interest. Yeah. And then uh, it's Commander Tung for the commander, and they're, they're both Li Shang's roles essentially split in two, it's and a, they both have their characters halved because I, of I will be honest, I think the love triangle aspect is my least favorite part of the movie. Because oh, it's yeah. in the movie enough to be really explored, but it's like, hey, we have to have it. That was kind of in the last in the original movie, right? I'm like, I guess, like, don't even put the romance in if you're not going to really do it. Well, the thing is, I thought, Mulan, so I thought Mulan, the animated one, did the romance perfect mm-hmm. because it wasn't at all the focal point. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was attracted to him. Yes, that was a factor of their... Uh, uh, chemistry with each other, but it was not the focus. Yes. 
So I guess I guess that I I guess I don't want it more in the movie because it wasn't it wasn't I didn't like it that much. Oh yeah, okay, that works. I would have liked it better that took away the romance in the movie. I yeah, like they should have. Just uh, like just having Mulan, like obviously when Mulan is revealed that that she was a woman the whole time, and then being all like, we have to follow the law, but you are a kick-ass fighter. We don't want to lose you, but we have to follow the laws anyway. And then when she comes back and helps them fight the just. If they didn't throw the love interest in it, but like we have a mutual respect for her and they like give her a post in the Imperial Army, I would have been fine with that. But it's like, oh no, we get the, do you want to stay for dinner? Do you want to stay forever? It's like, uh, <laughs> uh, can, can we not? It also makes Chen seem dumb because it he spends so many intimate moments with Mulan that at certain points, like, dude, you got to figure out this is a girl. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> How have you not put two and two together? Well, yeah, one, of, one of the things about like the animated movie that works well is that you don't you don't need to buy that uh, they don't notice that she's a girl until the reveal is important, and you don't need that in an animated film. You can suspend the disbelief in an animated film far easier than you could in a live action film. Right. At a, and it, at a point, it, you get to a you get to a point where you're like, okay, come on. And in the animated one, Li Shang is always like he regards her as a friend when he's talking to Mulan and thinks she's the boy soldier, he, he regards her as a close brotherly friend. Mm-hmm. But in this, when Chen is being close to Mulan, it's intimate. Yeah. Even though he thinks that it's a boy and it's like, okay, so he's homosexual. It almost would have been She's the girl would be, would kind of break his world. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they don't go for that either. It's just in a nebulous of, Again, not clear. It, it, Disney could have done something cool here, and then this. Of course, they don't do it. Ah, yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah, Disney's gonna Disney. <laughs> Disney's gonna Disney. Is that from Lindsay Ellis's video? Maybe is it? Sounds fair. It might. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much, how much more I have to say about this one. I, I just. The trailers, even though I wasn't like uh, the biggest fan of that first trailer, the second one won me over more. I really thought this might have been actually a different, a different take. But it really just felt again like like an Aladdin, which is not bad, but it's just not like guys. Your, the opportunity was there to make something really amazing. But that's the problem with these live action anime film, uh, live action remakes. Like they have the potential to do something really amazing, and they always stop just short. They're, they're always kind of safe. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like Pete's Dragon so much. Is Pete's Dragon? it isn't beholden to its original source material. They can do something so completely different that they made something new and they made something different and they made something good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did like the, all the extras being like real people yeah. for all the mm-hmm. army scenes. That they really does. Money. It, you money. feel like those battles are real. Uh, when it has the big clash at the mountain pass, it feels very visceral, very true. Yo, that avalanche was great. Yeah, it and is. The choreography, the choreography is great, and and giving it that extra weight of real people. Um, I, I like CGI battles as much as the next person, but having that weight of real people gives it that extra texture that I appreciated. And, and what I was going to say is that it's when the witch interferes in the mountain pass that ruins it for me because she shows up as mostly CGI with the falcon bit, and I'm like, everything is real, and I'm in the moment, and you are pulling me out of it. Yes, I will. I will say there is one really nice long tracking shot of the eagle. Uh, hawk eagle whatever she is yeah um it's like it's like a two minute shot of her just like weaving and like biting people and it's like going from place to place getting all the way back to uh con or whatever his name is um that's a really impressive shot almost entirely unnecessary for the movie maybe but it's a nice shot at least yeah yeah 
I have um, to say, I have to say with the other, well, unlike the other live action remakes like The Lion King and um, Beauty and the Beast. Lion King. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I was going to say with Mulan, I didn't necessarily felt the padding as much as I did those other, t- those other films. Yeah, I because this, yeah. this is a two-hour and some change movie where the animated one's an hour and a half. Whereas, like Lion King, I felt the padding. I hated it. In Mulan, the padding was the fight scenes, and I was entertained by those fight scenes. I was fine watching. I was like, "Yeah, give me more of this, please." Whereas the I, other films, I'm like, "You don't have to do all this. Why?" I agree with you overall, except for the padding related to the witch, because I have yeah. no idea what her motivation ultimately was. Yeah. He's just power. Kind of, she's just kind of a, a Power Rangers bad guy. I love power. But the film is really colorful, and I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. The, the color palette is really great in this one. Um, oh, I, Mulan's I, parents I are great. Like... I meant to talk about Mulan's parents. Her parents are great. The whole oh, opening yeah. with her family is really good. Yeah, her dad specifically like almost steals the show. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did want to say um, that uh, I am, I'm in the camp. I like Beauty and the Beast. I don't feel like it's overly padded. I'm like Lion King, which I do. Um, but I, I think that this film... It doesn't pad as much as those two movies. It doesn't become an, a two and a half hour film from an hour and a half. It only really becomes a two hour film. Uh, so I, I appreciated that they, they were, showed restraint in sure. that sense. Mm-hmm. I do think them showing Agrabah on a map is, is a cool little thing. Yeah. Like, I, it's but, not, yeah. obviously, it's, it's not a real, like, they're not doing a cinematic universe, but it's just a cute little, eh? I didn't think it's enough, but if Ben's right that Beast Castle is there, I think that's too much. I didn't see that. I, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. It, like, it's, a, it's a, one of those blink and you miss it. I was just, uh, for some reason, my eye was just on there. But seeing the Agrabah Castle, it kind of makes sense. Because if you do go west of China, what are you going to hit? You're eventually going to hit um, the, the deserts of Arabia. You're yeah, eventually sure. so going to hit. The, the, difference, the difference is... Is that Mulan is based on a tr- uh, on a true folklore? Yeah. Uh, what, what, possibly history. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. Um, whereas Agrabah is completely made up. Yeah. But of course, it it would be nice to a little Easter egg just to toss in there. It's like, hey, here's Agrabah, but doesn't mean anything. Did Mulan have an animated TV series like Hercules and Aladdin? No. no. Mulan did not. I would have liked to have seen one. Uh, Little Mermaid did. Tarzan did. Emperor's did. I don't oh, know. Emperor's new group. Would have been good. I don't know what it would have been about. Would it have been young Mulan or post Mulan? Probably post Mulan. Well, we saw that in Mulan too, and it was all right. I didn't see it. Oops. I only saw it once. Huh. And, I, and the, the whole the time Disney, I was... The only Disney sequel worth watching is Lion King 2. That's not true. I that is not true. Were... I feel so bad saying that Aladdin Return Aladdin 3, King of Thieves. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I yeah. also heard Cinderella 3 <laughs> like, times is really good. I still keep hearing that Cinderella 3 is fantastic. I have on Disney Me Plus. Too. I've been meaning to watch that dad thing, but I've never had. You know of Cinderella 3? Uh, it's a, it totally follows one of the stepsisters, gets the fairy godmother to send her back in time, and she alters the history of events to make her the Cinderella, and then apparently learns a moral lesson. What? Yeah. <laughs> time yeah. travel? Yeah, like she gets the she gets the wand, and she, she somehow goes back in time, gets the wand, and changes everything. I might watch this movie. <laughs> Apparently it's good. Wow! Yeah. Like even Lindsay Ellis says, I think that she likes it. All right. Movie. I hope that Aladdin TV series ends up on Disney Plus soon. I'd like to rewatch that. Me too. Me too. Um, I think real quick. I think the only Disney like like uh, sequel prequel show that I watched was uh, the young Her- the Hercules one, where he's yeah. a teen Hercules. The one that that makes no continuity sense. It with ruins continuity. Yeah, it does. It totally does. And it crossed over with Aladdin. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I like those those old shows. 
Yeah. Uh, Atlantis was supposed to get one, and then it became the movie, and it's awful. The second movie. Yeah, oh. that's true. Uh, all right, shall we rate it? Yeah. 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 All right, uh, Ben, what, did you, what would you rate it? I would give it a solid seven and a half. Yeah. Um, the fight scenes, they're very entertaining. It's, the, it's beautifully, beautifully well choreographed, but it's its a safe Disney... Um, it's just It's a safe Disney live-action remake. It's just like... It's not just like the other ones. There are definitely things in this one that are ten times better than Lion King, but I did get some Beauty and the Beast vibes. I did get a few Aladdin vibes, and I was like, this is... I could just go home and watch the original one, the one I grew up and loved, and that everyone, apparently, from what I've and okay, no one else has seen it, but but what I feel like when other people do see this is go like the animated version was better. So, I mean, it's I, it's still good. Don't get me wrong; it's yeah. still good, definitely worth your time. But it's a solid seven and a half. I would agree with the rating. I would also give it a seven and a half. Uh, however, I think this gives me more to chew on that's different mm-hmm. than yeah. the animated film. Then I would I, I would look at it as as a, as a worthy companion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seven and a half for me as well, Ryan. I 100% agree. Seven and a half. Like, um, I really, really wanted this movie to, I really wanted Disney to do something different. And unfortunately, for the most part, we didn't get that. Uh, that being said, this is still a quality movie. Like, there's still people who made this movie had a lot of fun. It, like, the choreography is great. The cat is adorable. What's up, uh-huh. Aria? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give it a seven and a half. Um, if you're if you're interested in Mulan, definitely check it out. <laughs> what does uh, what does Oreo have to say about it? Oreo, what you, did you like? Did you like Mulan? <laughs> Strong, uh, silent type. All right. Yeah, I I uh, I think I'll stick with you guys at a seven and a half. I, I kind of want to give it more because I feel like there were a lot of people like doing good work trying to deliver strong performances. I just don't think the script boosts them enough. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of weird beats that that didn't need to be there. I I definitely didn't get on board with the witch, which sucks. I yeah. So I, I, I know that I was pretty anti it going in, but I, I tried. I really tried to be open-minded about it. I don't think it was necessary. I don't think it was executed well. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we get into our book club then? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable all right sparks it's your book club take it away it's me uh we're talking about blackwood uh by evan dorkin and veronica fish and andy fish veronica fish and andy fish for the art and uh this is uh evan dorkin has also done the beast of burden i talked about this last week and this uh somewhat spiritually takes place in the same world as uh beast of burden um, he's basically said it's it's as much true in that world as anything else. Like a spinoff. Uh, yeah, uh, without having any direct connective tissue. And uh, I thought this was a lot of fun to read. I really enjoy the art in it, um, and I really like the setup of the story, and the characters resonate really well. Uh, and this is all about um, these uh, kids who are going to an alternative school, uh, and it turns out to actually be about the occult, and every, a lot of people, like, they they described at one point as, like, you know, half the kids think this is, you know, the, just, oh, yeah, lore, blah, blah. And then there's the other half who, like, can actually learn about magic shit. And we find out that the four main characters we've been following were recruited because they've had experiences in their past that relate to them being able to connect to the occult. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. What would you guys think? I love this book. Nice. Yeah, I, I really liked it. In the beginning, I was kind of like, 
we weren't getting a lot of character stuff, and so I was like, oh, how can you wrap this up in four issues? Because it is it is a four issue miniseries, <clears throat> and so I was kind of like, okay, we're 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 getting a lot of plot, but we're not getting a lot of character development. But that was made up for by the end of the series, and I, I yes. was I was really into it by the end. Yeah, at yeah. first I was bummed. Okay, not bummed, but I wanted to know more about the four characters, like what exactly happened to them. We get a little bit, especially with Ren Valentine, how she said that she saw all her friends die in front of her. But then when we got to the other characters, like I don't know what exactly happened to Reiko. I don't know what happened to Dennis. I don't know what happened to any of them, to any of the other three that um, caused it. Like we get little snippets in those variant covers at the end of uh, each thing where it's like a cool variant cover. Like it's like a silhouette of their head, yes. but it's all different. Like you see, but it's, so, if I were to give this book one, yeah, if I were to give this book one demerit, it would be that I don't, or I didn't really connect to the four characters that we follow. That's the if I were to give this book one demerit in that regard, it's that because I want to know what happened to all four of them. Sure, that, I, I would have liked to have seen. I I agree with you, Ben. I would have liked to have seen more backstory mm. with these characters, but that's the issue with having it as a four issue miniseries, yeah, exactly. and not an ongoing series. Yeah. Now that being said, what I did read was really good, and I got major Doom vibes from it. Like I, there are times I'm reading this, I'm thinking. One of these people just needs to put on the Doom Slayer armor and just like start shooting bugs out of the sky or something. I was getting like lots of vibes from Ver. I got that, like locking key vibes very hard, oh, like yeah. very hard, uh, which is not a bad thing. Like that's my jam, and uh, uh, this leans into the Lovecraft stuff super hard. So you know I love that shit. Giant oh, yeah. tentacles coming out of dudes' backs—that's my oh, shit. God. Or the that fact that the headmaster was the same headmaster for hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> they just like put empty gravestones just to throw people off. Right. No joke, my favorite. I, I love this book a lot. My favorite panel, and if you guys know my tattoos, you know why I love this panel. But this is my favorite panel, and it's the final page. It's um when oh, the yeah. oh yeah the skeletons after the villains who let me tell you the thing I like most about this book is the villains don't end up being the villains at the end. It's all it's all like hey I I you were dead so I tried to do this thing oh but I thought you were dead so I did this thing and then they actually like th they stop themselves from being bad guys and I love that. I love well, that. They, but they kind of do and they kind of don't because, like, both of them end up doing extreme things. Yes. With the misunderstanding of knowing what happened to the other. Yes. Because she thinks he was drowned by the kids. Yes. And he thinks that she is dead and that he buried her. It's and he's all got to apologize for the book of despair. And, he, and she ends up, like, killing many people yep. and he ends up cursing others yep. yeah and, and it's like you gotta undo the curse and he's like nope sorry i'm oh. dead <laughs> it's like what yeah. curse i don't know he's what you're talking about it. it's like oh you son of a bitch you know exactly what you did the artwork yeah. is incredible the the design of the headmaster at the end of the at the end of the book is is haunting his name yeah. is like, uh, ogden ogden but i kept calling him ogden ogden <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 he goes by ogden but he's really blackwood yeah, mm -hmm. the original yeah. headmaster guy. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a good wrinkle. I didn't see that coming. I didn't either. I thought that was really cool. Um, I like. But I caught. I caught that Grace was the bug lady. Oh yeah, yeah, Maybe, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had a feeling. Uh, I I really did like uh, Ren and uh, Reiko. Uh, especially how Reiko, like, she just pays attention, and because she pays attention, everyone's like, "See, she's a witch. She's into this shit." And she's like, "No, I just, I just am looking." I just look. Yeah. yeah. I just look. <laughs> Like, but there's a couple there's a couple of things that I want to know more about where she comes from because when she whenever she's got she's I the definitely only want to know see, more based off that variant. We we see a whole lot more about we see a, we see only she has reflection. 
in like mirrors and things like th that the art highlights. And one time when we see her in front of a mirror, there is a haunting image of a Japanese woman staring at her. And I want to know more about what the, where, where that came from. That was just yeah. a, just a nothing, or is that part sure. of her past? Yeah, I caught that too. What's the kid with the eye patch's name? You remember? Oh, I forgot his name. Anybody? <sighs> anyway, it doesn't matter. The dude has an eye patch, right? And he like he sees things, but he can't really explain it. Death and vision. Then someone, and then someone he has death death perception. Yeah. Death perception. Death perception with the dude with the eye patch. Steven. Steven. Yeah, he sees he sees dead people. <laughs> And that is such a cool. Every one of these guys has like this minuscule type of magic that they don't know how to use. Like right, like Ryko just like pull things out of midair and was like, nobody knows how they're doing this. They're just like, oh, I just, I'm just I just do it. It's or even with uh, Dennis because he said he was cursed too, and then we don't know what happened because he died in issue two. That was rough, man. Yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. really like to know what that curse, original curse, was. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, I agree with Ben. The only thing I have an issue with the comics is that we don't get a lot of backstory with these characters. Yeah, which of yeah, course yeah. it's only four issues. That's the, that you can only cram so much into four issues. I understand it. I, I don't think this is a bad book because of that. I just will have liked a lot more. And also maybe Dennis not dying at the well, end but, of issue but two. See, but that's that's kind of what I, I would actually put that as a positive. Like I'm looking at this book, and I like this book. I would like it more with the backstory. So it's not like I dislike it because it's not there. I want to know more about this because yeah, I'm right. engaged. I think, I think, yes, it doesn't give you a lot, but I do think there are small dialogue snippets that give you just enough, just yeah. for me, just enough. So I kind of understand the core of who that character is. Right. Um, especially with like, um, with Ren, she has a line where she's like, somebody's like, you know, you only live once. And she's like, you don't know that. And like, Ren, are you, is this your second life? Are you undead? Like, we don't know what's going on with anyone, but I think the, the nuggets are there that makes you well, interesting. She even said, Ren is the white-haired girl, right? Yes. yes. She says she's the only one who has, has a close enough to a fleshed out background where it's like, I watched all my friends die. Yeah. Right. And then I was in a coma. So, like, I got a lot more of her than I did with anyone else. And, yeah. and I just would like more of some everyone. everyone. That's I, I really like her main character. I, I would argue that she's kind of poised to be, like, the primary of the four. Yeah. Um really what becomes the three. Uh, but I really do think that uh, having the variant covers at the end uh, helps to just kind of give you the proper tease because like just from looking at Renz and it really does help for you to look at these variant covers, like looking at Renz, you just see, I, I can't do this yeah, with the webcam, but like uh, you see uh, a house burning with people inside on Halloween or at least what appears to be Halloween. Yeah. And uh, that, that fills out an idea of it. Reiko's is bomb and killer. And it looks like it has to do with like some kind of magic stage show. And uh, there's a lot of Japanese. Those are the Japanese masks. It's the mask that they're the wearing yeah. at the end of the, yeah, at, exactly. end of the end of issue six. Um, I, and I love that they're, they're intelligent. They feel like actual, like not like really smart, but like competent. They, they feel like adequate, competent adequate young people. Characters who are paying attention to what's happening to them. There's other things that I would that I would like to see uh, going forward in the, in the story because I know there's a new miniseries out right now. There um, is, yeah. It, I would like to see kind of more fleshed out. Like, are there other students? We we know there's uh, those other four students, but we don't see them a lot throughout the throughout the uh, throughout throughout the book. I would no. like to know where they came from. What are they doing there? Um, if if this is a school, how big is the school? Like, it, right. I would like more fleshed out about like this kind of like area not necessarily the world but like this area uh, if you guys remember when we did beasts of burden beasts of burden was a collection of a bunch of smaller stories and so you can kind of see how over time dorkin likes to build out 
the world. Yeah. And th I think this will be much the same. So yes, uh, just last month, um, the first issue of the next four issue series, Morning After, Morning as in Morning a Death, Morning After uh, was released. And so, yes, I'm hoping that down the road, we are going to get more of that expanded on. Um, he's obviously very passionate about building out more of this world. It's one of the reasons why he carried over these ideas from Beast of Burn to want to do it with people. Um, I, I really like it. I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Yeah. Uh, I really, really like the part where uh, where they have to deal with the well and Steven gets pulled out and Steven says she wouldn't take me. Yeah, that was like almost sad. Like, like it was like a siren song. I think, the I think art is incredible in that moment with the water as like this ghost yes. of water. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think Steven, based on his variant cover, I think he feels responsible for the death of, of some other people mm -hmm. because there's a lot of poison and skeletons on his skeletons in the closet uh, on yeah. his variant. But um, yeah. uh, Colby, who is like the he's the acting uh, uh, dean, like he has my to, he favorite puts character. Little, my yeah, favorite he puts character. a little, uh, little uh, post-it note on the scenes like acting professor or whatever. I'm like, that's how people like. I don't know how to handle this. This is shit. This is crazy. There's, there's a lot of times where he's just like, of course we're we're here right now. Yeah, and and I feel like the comedy never goes too big. No, it's always like situation appropriate. Like it's kind of funny how when uh, Blackwood and Grace are being consumed by the bugs, they're standing there and they're like, oh, oh God. Yeah. And then they turn away and then it immediately becomes sad again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't play into its laugh laughter of the moment too hard. Yeah, because like, yeah, they're like, you gotta, you gotta undo this curse. And he's like, oops, I'm dead. Yeah. And then she's <laughs> well, like, so, so she has been trying to summon this giant bug god. Uh, and I like the idea that even gods have gods. So like, mm -hmm. there's this there's this giant bug god that's coming through. Even gods like, have go gods. Did you mean yeah. even bugs have gods? No, it's no, even no, no. gods. In the gods beginning, gods. they say oh, even yeah. gods have gods, yeah. and oh. I thought that was really cool. Which yeah. they don't really dive into too much in this, but the the bug god um, is coming through, and and they're just like you can't just say oops, sorry, I summoned you. You have to sacrifice, and uh -huh. so we're the, we're going to be the sacrifice. And I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. That's what I mean. Like yes, they are the villains of the story, but they recognize their what they've done, and they they correct it. Yeah, even yeah. though it's like bad things have happened, like I like that they don't end as the villains. They're like, we can fix this ourselves. The two-headed mummy chimp. Oh, that's okay. yeah, that was weird. That's Great, awesome. I love it. The, the like, acting, the acting dean is is my favorite character. His just kind of attitude of like, I don't want this job. I don't want to. Why'd you curse me? I don't want to be cursed. And like yeah. people are just like, he just cursed all of us. Like you, he cursed you, right? Yeah, yeah. he cursed all of us. No, you. No, no, no. Stop saying us. It's you. He cursed you. He said V, V. Yeah, that's Bible like, talk, man. Oh, that's that was a lot of fun. Oh, hey, guys. Our TV went out. If you can hear us, we can't see you. I love you. Oh, we can hear you. Don't worry. A minute. Hey, we're back. Okay, we're back. We, we could hear you just fine. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I like this book a lot. Um, yeah, this is uh, a lot of fun. I do agree. Like, I could use more character stuff, but I do think there's enough there that it doesn't bother me that there's more. It makes me want to read more. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, that's it. Uh, Evan Dorkin just released a Marvel's Fantastic Four one-shot. Uh, Alex Ross did the cover for the, it. it the, the Marvel Fantastic Four snapshot. Snapshot, there you go, yeah. Ooh, uh, so Evan Dorkin's writing Marvel stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, Ben, it's your book club next week. Yes, it is. Do you know what it is? Uh, I don't know. I have to double because I have I'm tied between two books right now. But I'm just gonna flip through them and see which one from okay. my pile. Let us know. Or from stay my pile, our, really. Stay tuned for our Instagram, and we'll uh, we'll put that up there. Ben, are these books maybe some of us have already read? Uh, 
Maybe. Okay. I think I know one of them. I know Brandon's read one of them. Okay. What are they? Uh, it's between either um, The Legend of Vox Machina or Justice League Volume 1. Scott Snyder's Justice League Volume 1. Oh, yeah, so I've read The Legends of Vox Machina. Yeah, he's never read Justice League ever. <laughs> not my favorite Justice League run in the last couple of years, certainly not. Um, <laughs> all right, so as we said up top, Mark Guggenheim interview is up now. You can, you can read it. You can read it in pieces on CBR for 27 articles. No, I'm kidding. You can listen to it up now. Uh, on our feed. Uh, it's really great. It was a lot of fun to do. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. I uh, hope you guys all enjoy it. Um, next week, uh, New Mutants. Finally! Finally, Finally oh. New Mutants, people! It's happening! <laughs> Give me that Finally. Juice. Finally, the final nail in the coffin of the Fox X-Men franchise. New Mutants, after being delayed twice, is finally coming to theaters. Every beginning week. has an end. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Um, you guys, if you guys are starved for content right now, we know you are. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. We have a YouTube page. We have tons and tons of content. We have put up eight of the, uh, so we have put up nine of the Star Trek Picard Fictors watch. Ten goes up, uh, relatively soon, I'm, I'm assuming, Sparks. I don't want to put too much pressure on Nope, you. not for a month. Okay, not for a month. Yeah, wait a yeah. whole month. Yeah, actually, like, I shouldn't use this computer. I didn't wipe it down. Like, his computer is, like, very sick. <laughs> um... We have, so so that that we Michael Carls and I downright nerdy have been doing our fake nerds watch rewatch uh let's put after show that's the one <laughs> of the Star Trek Picard it's been a lot of fun to do it with him we talked about a little bit more about if we want to keep going with other Star Trek shows so we'll definitely stay tuned for that it's a little bittersweet to see it end but the final but the final episode has been recorded there's no more Star Trek Picard um so definitely check that one out that last episode Basement Arcade uh. Sonic Mania is on hiatus during this quarantine. I'm, uh, I've, I've heard. Yep. I, I don't want to go near Ben. He's a sick <laughs> um, boy. <laughs> you know, you know have... what? I don't, I don't want to get you. I don't want to get you guys affected either. So I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have other basement arcades that we've had in the pipeline. Mortal Kombat Nine has finally come out. Challenges have happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's really exciting. So check out the first episode of our, uh, however many weeks we did it. It's, I, it's 14 episodes. 14 episodes. So 14 yeah, we'll, we'll be okay for a while. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 9, where the four of us, all four of us, go through Mortal Kombat 9. It was a lot of fun to do. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you can, you, we are a Funko affiliate. You can use uh, you can click the link in the description to buy some Funko Pops. There's some exclusive Funko Pops being coming out for WonderCon, for uh, ECCC. Um, so definitely check those out. Uh, shop 10 for 10% off your purchase. Uh, use promo code. We have a Patreon. We have a Tee Public. Um, you, all the links in the description for there. Now that we have a Patreon, a patron, thank you, Joey Zahn. I love uh, you, Joey. I will be putting up more stuff on our Patreon. Joey Zahn put up a fake nerds poster in his Animal Crossing house. Thank you, Joey. I love you. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, it's, it's great. Um, so, th- so, so thank you. So thank you there. Um, and you can uh, find you can find all those links in the description below. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate your listening. And if you're watching this on the live stream or the replay, thank you so much. Uh, we greatly appreciate all of you guys. If you came from the CBR articles, hey, welcome. welcome. We're watch not us as angry in, as CBR. Watch us in 27 part increments, though. <laughs> you got to stop us soon. Um, <laughs> thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our interim music and our themes. And our themes. 
Um, hopefully more collaborations during uh, in this time. You can, you can find them on Instagram, at Jeremy Volucci Keyboards. Uh, you can find a show, Suburban Proctologist, which he's still plugging away on. You can find that on iTunes, uh, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram, at Subproc Podcast. Mike Matola. Mike, you're great. We love you. Find him on Instagram, Twitter, all at Mike Matola. Uh, obviously not seeing him during this quarantine, but hey, hopefully we see you soon. Um, <gasps> Wait, man, we could, oh, what if we did like a, one of these with the movie trivia challenge? He is doing a new print. I'll talk to him. <laughs> um Subscribe, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BenMagna27. You can also find me, Ryan, for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Newest articles should be up either tonight or tomorrow. Your latest article from last week is, uh, is in the description below. Rad. Hey. Uh, Ryan? Hey, I'm DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Uh, I'm on Twitter a whole lot talking about X-Men and Animal Crossing. Uh, I've also been streaming almost every day because, like, I got nothing else to do. Uh, so come watch me build a town. It's a, it's a lot of fun. DJ Tony Snark, 616. Sparks? You can find me on long walks from the kitchen to the bedroom <laughs> at Sparks <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Subscribe hey, to us. I was going to say, I was going to be doing some bar hopping today. Since I drank uh, a little bit here in my bedroom, I'm going to be going to the next bar, which is my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review, wherever you get us, we greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys, stay fake, nerds.